Welcome to the Challenge Chronicles. I'm Devin Jordan, and today we are here for a special episode. We're finally giving you the top six episode that we have promised for a very long time on the top male challenge competitors. We have a special guest. Rob, would you like to give him his introduction? Uh, I think he's probably the best at giving his own introduction, but this is Logan Hedrick of the Hedrick Fellows podcast, which has a weekly podcast on the challenge and a few other reality shows. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having me on. I'm super excited. We're pumped, yeah, man. Yeah. We're we're ready to jump in on this and get your hot takes. This is gonna be fun. Yeah, I was I just listening to... I was just listening to the uh top six that you guys did of the females, and I can't help but feel like you guys are like far better challenge historians than I. And oh. you guys definitely remember a lot of the details better than me. But but you know, I had to go back, I had to to find some hot takes in there and I'm ready to go. Oh, gosh. <laughs> they both hate me for my hot take for who I picked as number one, so that'll start another fight. I don't think it's just the two of us who are disagreeing <laughs> on that one, I stay away from Twitter. I stay away from Twitter. I tried to remember this earlier. So was I couldn't remember if Paula was in your top six or if he was actually she was number one. one. She was number one. That was his number one. It's oh, scorching hot. Who's so, <laughs> so did you have, out of Laurel, Emily Strong, Laurel was not on Evelyn, his list. So Laurel wasn't even on the list. Laurel was not on the list. She was just she was the honorable mention just outside the top Laurel six. Flame, flaming hot take. <laughs> I feel Lawrence like Taylor this... not like your top six linebackers either. No, he's definitely in the top six. That's easy. Now the male competitors was actually much harder for me to get into a top six because I wrote down fourteen names to start and had to start paring down the pluses and minuses. So, with that said, Rob, set the rules for us so we can bitch about them. Fine, give me one second here. <laughs> so I'll, I'll give uh, Rob some time to probably find his notes. So for me, mine kind of like rule of thumb, it was if I couldn't think of you like immediately, you probably shouldn't be on my list. You know what I mean? Because like if, if you weren't like impactful enough in that way, because of like how many great competitors there are from the male perspective, it just makes it really difficult to fit you in like a top six. Okay, so real quick, the overview of the rules, to what level people followed these rules is uh, very much up for question. But so <laughs> it was only male competitors who appeared between Inferno 2 and Final Reckoning. So no Turbo, unfortunately, no Dan Sepsler, but that was just the parameters we had to set up when we put up the poll. Uh, the ranking should be based on if you were picking men to fill a team for the show. So like entertainment value and your political ability in individual seasons doesn't really factor in as much. And then also each competitor should be evaluated as its peak season. So while like a bigger sample size can help in terms of supporting how good a competitor actually was, if someone had a real bad season mixed in there, it shouldn't affect them that much. So I completely ignored that. And <laughs> how, how I, this is how, and this is the same way that I did it for the female competitors. The way that I did it is that if you put this person on a season, how likely are they to win the season regardless of format and any other variable that you can kind of fit into play. Lord. So, so I definitely Devin... went in a similar format in that my list at the top, at least is very heavy in career achievements, but I did try to like mix in and figure in the, like any given Sunday kind of mentality, like any <laughs> given challenge, you want this person on your squad. And see, that's kind of where I went. Like I looked at it from the standpoint of not just I, I kind of took Devin's idea of their reputation, peak season and 
you know, overall, like, do I want them on my team? Like, that's really what it boils down to. So politics played like a yes, small politics, role. Politics it, have to be in play. That's just like such a such well, they, they, they are the in play in these and these requirements. But just like your own individual political ability is not in play because individual political ability and team political ability are two very different things. Yeah. And that is actually why two people did not make my top six is because politically, I feel like they would sabotage my team. And see, that's kind of why you kind of have to like find a way to encapsulate all of it, right? Because they're both skills. And if you're on someone's team that is good, like from a team political perspective, um, that benefits you. But there's also ways that in a team season, there's a political ability that doesn't necessarily benefit you as a teammate, but benefits them, right? So like any season that Johnny Bananas is on. Yeah, the issue I had with the political ability for some of these, though, is just some of it seems so much just based on who they're casted with and who, like, the casting directors were feeling at that time. And then it's so hard to judge how they admit to a season nowadays, so we just don't know how they get along with all these people. Right. Yeah, I have a big tangent to go on about that. Yeah. yeah, that's where we get into, like, era adjustment, right? So, like, you have to kind of, like, judge them based off of the peers that they competed with um, and, like, keep that in mind. Um, just because the type of people that they cast now, and we've mentioned this, like, dozens of time at this point um is completely different than the people that they casted before indeed yeah so does anybody have some honorable or dishonorable mentions they want to throw out there i feel like like we need to hear other eight honorable mentions that you had on (laughs) i feel like we need to get the honorable mentions as we get through the list because i feel like it will take away the drama of the actual top six Uh, that's fair can we do some dishonorable mentions then big easy number one okay really i have a a king there no, no, Adam King's actually useful for your team. No. Even if, um, no. Yes, he is. Fake Can I get a fucking Chet in there, please? <laughs> Chet, Chet is a decent Dude, I forgot about that guy. Nah, okay, think about this this way, though. Chet actually ran a really hard final, whereas Adam King's only final was in not in front of three, Gauntlet three. Okay, there, there's a clear answer here. Nate Stodgill is the worst competitor <laughs> ever on the challenge by a long shot. He did okay. one mission and was the one of the absolute worst mission performances I've ever seen. And then that Dude, was. It. I have to like look this guy up. Wait, is it Nate? Oh from yeah, this guy or, or from the San one Diego. Guy? He was from San Diego. They, yeah, he was on Battle of the X's one, and he was paired oh. with this chick Priscilla, and he was. Yeah, he was just the one who was like, drunk his whole real world season. Yeah, uh, and then they had to like he was only in one mission, and was when they had to like ladder themselves up in like honey, and then run across the little pillar, and it is like. You like, never made it across. A, no, it's like AFV level bad. Like it, it's just it's a disaster. I think you mean MXC. <laughs> We need Japanese voiceovers immediately for that. <laughs> yes, that, that that would make the challenge incredible. <laughs> Japanese voiceover. That actually would make like a great uh, MTV like instead of airing like things of ridiculousness, like create a show that is like a Japanese overdub of just stupid moments from the challenge and just have them making fun of all of it. That would I mean, be great. If, if they're watching like the challenge in Japan, do they replace TJ's voice with some Japanese person? Can you translate you killed it directly into their language? <laughs> I'd imagine what I, so. What I thought you were going to say is that they should have an MXC on MTV that they do with people from the challenge. See, then you start just doing Ninja Warrior, though, at that point. Isn't I it? I genuinely hope someone from MTV is hearing this because these are golden ideas. <laughs> uh, see, I hope they aren't. They hear some of it, and then they end up just hiring me to do everything. That would be we, should do, 
we should do a show where we come up with like our like top six ideas for the challenge. You know what I mean? Like we yeah, like that's a wonky list. How am I supposed to pull people on that? No, we, we don't, don't pull people. We this just is, have it. We just have our, our guests. List. Yeah, we talk. <laughs> Uh, actually, as part of my research for this episode, I ended up randomly just coming up with two other top six lists. So anytime you guys are ready for them, let me know. All right, let's hear it right now. We're done. What are the other two options? I got to hear this. All right, I got top six challenge hosts and top six opening songs. Oh, right. we've, we've opening talked songs, about opening yeah. intros for a while. Yeah. We spent a lot of time on that. We actually I mean, two, in two one of our episodes. Yeah, we had a we actually devoted ten minutes in one of our episodes to talking about what's the criteria for a good challenge theme song. Because <laughs> half of them actually don't even have. No, themes. half the, like vendettas, they just like popped up, and this yeah. they just pop up. It's what it, there's three rules of thumb that they have to follow. Right, it has to be cheesy, it has to have a theme, and what was the other one? I don't recall. This was so long ago. It was like it has, it has to be like the cheesiest pop punks pop punk song or something cheesy, like that. Cheesy, yeah. cheesy theme. Uh, we'll have to go back and listen. But those are. Yeah, I don't think cheesy is a requirement. I think I, it just I think it be, is. No, oh, it, it has is. to be just good for what it is. Yeah, I guess that's kind of true because I do really enjoy the one from the island. I knew it. Oh, <laughs> and Lord. it's just yeah. good for the what it is. So it is corny. Fire. Island just missed the list on mine. <laughs> Did you oh, for, so for top six intros? Yep. Logan, uh. welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can I drop the six on you real quick? Yeah, sure. Do it. All right, num- number six, Bloodline. Heavy techno, kind of dubstepy. I'm into it. Okay. Number five, Battle of the Seasons 2012, where everyone says they're like team name. Oh, that one actually is pretty good. And the music switches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Number four, Cutthroat, kind of like a hipster rock, killers-esque yeah, Euro, Euro song. I was feeling it. Number three, Dirty 30. It has like the epic feel. TJ drops the, this is the dirtiest game of all time. <laughs> Love that, it. that one's good too. Number two, The Ruins. It's like the jungle theme. I used it as the intro for my podcast for like two years. One and of the number greats. one has to be Duel 2, right? Number one, Battle of the Sexes oh. 2, Let Go by Midtown. <laughs> oh. like, no, Duel 2 is, I, I think, I actually don't mind this, but Duel 2 is far and away number one. Evan leading to Haka is just, it's just fantastic. That might my, be my least favorite ever. The, <sighs> one of mine is uh, Inferno 2, I think is incredible. The the music is just unbelievably catchy. That and is I think true. As we went through those episodes, I may have watched the intro every single time. And then Gauntlet 1, I think is incredible too. See, I haven't rewatched any of the gauntlets because none of them are easily accessible online. You, so I've kind you of can, you can trace watch man, the first trace man can hook you up. We'll yeah. we'll work. We'll talk about that offline. All right, all right, I'm into it. What is the? I'm trying to remember it um, as we go through this. What, what's kind of like the tune to the one in Gauntlet One? I, I know it's my. Uh, it's one the, of my like a so country remember, type of thing. I was about to say it's the country it's one, isn't it? Yeah, it's where Mosey like, shows up as the sheriff. Yeah. You want to be a rock star, right? It's like. Do you yeah, want to be a rock star? Yeah, yeah that one's it. fire. Oh, I oh, remember hating that song case. so that much. Terrible. <laughs> I skipped the intro of our podcast when we would start it. You can only hear it so many times. Oh my gosh. All right. I'm, I'm, yeah. All right. Let's do this. Top six. Number All six. Right. Who's going first? Do we want to do the people first or the people? Let's hear the people. Let's hear the people. Let's stick with the format. Okay. We'll do number six for the people. So number six. 
for the people. Do we get a drum roll or are we just are we just running? Just running. Drum roll. I, I'm too tired for that. Okay, number six, Derek Kaczynski from the people. Whoa. Fair. That's fair. And there uh, was a massive gap between six and seven, by the way. Who was seven? I don't think I should tell you who seven is. Because right. it's on your list, so we'll it's get not to on my, No, it's not that it's on my list. I okay. Honestly, it didn't even like really occur to me in a serious way to put him on, in my top six. No offense to him. Like, I think he's a great competitor. I think it just speaks to like how difficult it is to uh, make it to the top. See, he's on my list. Whoa, yeah. really? Logan? Yeah. He Okay, so he was one of the guys. I did my list, and then after I went through six, I was like, oh, man, I have a lot of honorable mentions here. And Derek ended up <laughs> being basically seventh, I think, for my list. All right, so we can just talk about him when we get to him on Trace's list then. Agreed. All, All right, right, Logan, you're our guest, so you get to go next. What's your number six? Wow, okay. Are you ready for a hot take? Done. Yeah. Number six, with 24 daily challenge wins, three for three in finals. Three wins, three finals. In just four seasons, I got Landon Lewick. Way uh, higher on my list. Yeah, way higher on mine, too. I think it's a hot take in the other direction. I feel like... That's what I mean. Th- oh, that, that's okay. what I'm saying. I, I, people consider him the greatest ever. All right, let's 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 hear the thought process. Well, well we should... okay, so... Sorry, go ahead. Well, we should wait until we get to him on our list, right? No, no, no. Let him go. No, I want to hear why yeah. he's six. This is perfect. I want to know why six, because I had him higher, right. So I really was trying to find the balance between like being really efficient in a few seasons versus racking up crazy accolades because you know of the, of the criteria of you want them at their peak season. So his peak season is obviously Fresh Meat 2, where he carried – the worst winner in oh. the history of the show <laughs> to a win, right? With Carly, I don't think that's very, very uh, controversial I think statement. Too, he might actually be better, just, even though he ends yeah. up losing. But it's just he was by like, random chance. He was one fluky moment away from going four for four. He was he was unbelievable on duel two. He won. Rob, how many challenges did he win in duel two? He won almost every single one of them. Yeah, like, he only. And it a was pretty like competitive he, male clap, uh, cast. Oh, like, yeah, like Evan was on that cast, Brad, Mark Long. Mark Long. But then was, on Inferno, t- Inferno 2, his first win, wasn't that like a fairly easy season and an easy final? Yeah. Inferno 2, and, no, it was, it was... Yeah, go ahead, Rob. Okay, compared to nowadays, definitely. Um, Gauntlet 2 was the one that's real wonky. Like, I don't even know if that should count as a win for him. The Double Dunes Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. Right, right, right. Yeah. So yeah, that's no, kind of why I knock him down. Yeah, he won that one, but I think you can't hold that one against him personally because that they had an actual harder final, but Storms kind of wrecked their set, which is why we got the crappy final we did. Oh, so, okay. I'd never actually heard that before. That's yeah, no, they actually had like a full-on supposedly harder final. I don't know how much harder for that region, but his first win was Inferno 2, and when we saw the final for Inferno 2, we were actually rather surprised at... It wasn't like today, but it was still competitive compared to what they had done. Well, yeah, but it was for, just endurance based completely. Like there was one puzzle at the very end, and that was it. Yeah, for the for the standard of that time, that was definitely a very difficult uh, final mission. And then uh, more, you know, checks in the pro category is he never really bent the knee to any dominant alliance. He always did his own thing in the challenges, which I really respected. Um, I just think that the sample size is small and he is sort of a little bit small in stature. So he has like been not physically dominated in some challenges, but he lost because of his size. No. When did he he lose because of his size? He was probably like the most, 
like one of the most physically dominating people on the show. See, I thought that too. And then I was randomly on either Pluto TV or, or uh, Amazon Prime watching mm-hmm. – can't remember the season, but it's the challenge where there's like two ropes and everybody's hanging on between them. And, oh, uh, uh, and, that's dual too. I love that mission. That's an awesome Okay, mission. and MJ ends up just like knocking him off. And I was genuinely surprised at how dominant MJ looked compared to Landon. Maybe that's the only time it's ever happened. But that, that was just something I watched recently. I think the thing with him you could say is he didn't compete with, like, a diversity of competition. And he had only two seasons where it was just, like, an individual type season. The other two were teams. And I would say surrounding him, he had the better teams on both of those seasons. So it can be kind of hard to compare him to, like, just the formats now and if you could handle being in that type of format and with those types of competitors. That's the only thing I could really say about it. If him. you play the what-if game on, on Landon, let's say he beats Brad in that um, – Elimination. Elimination. And it's Mark Long, Evan, and Landon in that final. Oh, he, that, he torches Evan and Mark Long in that that's, final. That's exactly what I think as well. So do we say now where we have him on our list, or do we wait? I, I think we, wait. we hold that. All right, because I, I think that's a good idea because I think I know where all three of us have him. So Really? Uh, yeah. Two final notes real quick. He's got a 5-1 and one elimination record, and... The biggest detriment on anyone's resume in challenge history, he partook in the spring break challenge. Oh. <laughs> a lot of these people are going to have that uh, <laughs> That's unfortunate true. That detriment. True. Yeah, his no his biggest elimination uh, win was against Karamu. Oh, do you remember yeah. that? Sadly, I, yes. I, I would say that's not his biggest elimination win. Hot take. Evelyn and Luke definitely against Evelyn, Evelyn and Luke for freshman. Yeah, that, that that that's a pretty incredible. The performance. fact that he got her to put those buckets on and push her up that hill in the dark really is astounding. All right, who's next? Um, I guess I can go next. I'll, I'll throw another hot take out here. I have CT as number six on my list. Whoa! I don't think that's a you, hot out take. Out of your mind? If I'm building a team, I'm not sure how much I want CT. I'll, I'll say where I have CT. I have CT five, so I don't think that's that crazy. I think that's, like, about right. Because, like, CT, like, at this point, like, he, he's not what he used to be. And he... Even well, I was developing him on a peak on a peak basis. Even so, a peak e- basis. E- even at even at his peak, right? Like, I mean, he was a liability in some senses. Yeah, he just was a because the thing is with CT, his peak and his emotional state are an inverse correlation. Where the more I closer I get to his peak, the more crazier he's going to be for me to deal with on my team. The argument so, that you the argument that you would be able to make about that though is his true peak may have been in rivals too right with west because that's kind of when you get him at his equal equilibrium even though he was a little off kilter in that season that's probably the closest that you get to a balanced out ct yeah that that's what i would probably pick if i had to pick one just between that or inferno two, but inferno two, i just don't i don't know if i could handle that mess i could handle that mess if i was in his <laughs> alliance i mean quite frankly like if you go back to inferno one where he looks at his quote-unquote friendly and's like yeah you're going in because you suck you know like that. Right. <laughs> I'm, I, that's fine go for it <laughs> that yeah, was incredible did, okay. and we we texted about this the other day but <laughs> i totally thought of that moment in the episode from two weeks ago in war of the worlds 2 when rogan asked him to approach d about being uh, potentially thrown into the elimination he's like <laughs> yeah i'll go do it 
and he like walks up to D, sits down on the table, and he's like, "So D, a bunch of us were thinking that we may throw you into elimination tonight." <laughs> and she just loses her mind. <laughs> it really was a flashback moment. I was so happy when that. Uh, happened. We we can hold CT because uh, he is higher on some people's lists. So indeed, but I don't think that that is a bad hot take. I think that's a that's a legitimate gripe. I can see people putting him in the bottom end of their top six. I can see it. I'm going to just go ahead and stay quiet for a little bit. And <laughs> <laughs> Logan's got some fire coming. I L- luckily, Steve does not have a very like frequent Twitter account, so he can't flame me that hard if he gets mad. Indeed. So I'm actually going to agree with the people here. Derek Kaczynski, number six. And the reasoning behind it really comes down to the fact that I want Derek on my team from a teammate perspective. You want that little pit bull on your side. Like he is going to fight. He's going to give you everything he has and every challenge. I mean, he comes in as a mercenary and just basically takes money away from Josh because he likes to compete. Like that's the kind of guy I want on my team. Politically, he's not going to make any waves. He's just going to do the job and win us some money. So if, if I am on the challenge, I want Derek Kaczynski on my team. Okay. I, I feel point. like the the easygoing nature of his political game can be like twofold though. Like he sometimes just goes along to go along because he's in you know the Johnny whatever alliance. Sure. But I mean, at some point, really in his career, he hasn't. But at some point, ninety nine percent of other challengers have to make some sort of dirty move to progress their game and he doesn't really have that in him it's a dirty well, game also, if you do you think he'd be able to trim around the team and sort of send them down to the point where they actually need to be ready for a final or do you think he'd just be willing to sort of like oh i'll just go along with everybody else is doing it depends on the era of Derek. okay if yeah, you're I talking if you go gauntlet to vodka fueled Derek, he's gonna start dropping f-bombs and saying you need to go in and flip out and stuff like that. And he'd be right, probably. If you're talking Cutthroat Derek or Island Derek, where he just, or Ruins, really. Ruins is like peak uh, Derek is not involved in politics uh, season for Uh, him. Well, he probably should have been a little bit more on that season with the whole Beast incident. Well, didn't he not have to go, in the Ruins season, he didn't go into elimination at all, did he? No, he, Evan, and Kenny never went into elimination. Yeah. Yeah. They let Johnny go do their dirty work, which was really interesting that amongst that four, like Johnny was the one that got thrown in against Dunbar. But we'll get to that when we talk about the ruins one day. One day. One and day. see, real real quick while we're still on Derek. Uh, so I kind of had this like bigger point, but it definitely used Derek as an example. And that's about the like not factoring in the entertainment factor or, you know, the general more general politics end of it. And that's because like it's hard to – I guess this is actually kind of in the pro-Derek category because it's hard to you know, give him the detriment there because he hasn't gotten calls back. Because at some point, you're still creating a TV show, so you still need to appease the producers and the general audience. So you need to like create storylines and be involved in the dramatic side of the show. It's like with Landon, maybe he was the one who – made the final decision to never come back on the show. Maybe he didn't get calls later on, but it's like Derek's whole thing on challenge mania or Scott's whole thing for like a year was why the fuck isn't 
Derek Kay getting calls back to be on the show. He was amazing on Dirty Thirty. Had that incredible elimination on Vendettas. So he just doesn't um he just doesn't expand their audience the way that they like to. True. Do now yeah. Yeah. I think a lot. I think a shows. lot of it isn't really like his fault. Yeah. Like Johnny and Wes do so much from a producer perspective. I don't think you can really like ask other people to do that. Like it's like asking your quarterback to be Lamar Jackson. It's just not. Some of them just don't have that ability. But then also, like, this, it's not his fault he wasn't, like, born in Britain or was cast on Survivor first. That was just some, that's just more by circumstance. I think the biggest travesty is he should have been Nelson's partner on Vendettas. Like, really? That's a great point, but I love the Nelson-Shane partnership. It was good television, and I, I'm with it. And I think that Derek, if he and Nelson are teammates— I think they squash their beef quick enough because Derek's a businessman when he gets on the show with that kind of stuff now. So the 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 storyline perspective of him and Shane was going to be better because Shane just is Shane. <laughs> well, all, I think it, I don't know if it would have been better from a storyline perspective because on that season there really weren't that many teams that had two people that were in different alliances like naturally, like Zach and Amanda were like the only team that was like that. And Derek would definitely trend more towards the veteran side of the house while Nelson would go the other way. So that part of it, I think, would have been interesting. At least. Yeah, indeed. But my, so. my whole point is, like, name one memorable thing from Derek's Dirty 30 season other than getting into that fight with Nelson, which he didn't start, and being in the final. See, I think it's with Dirty 30 as a whole. I actually like Dirty 30, but it is a really caustic season. Like, there's a the, the moments you remember from Dirty 30 are not moments that would be considered like banner moments for the challenge. Very true. Very true. I would agree. I think the other moment that you could say is his elimination with bananas because okay, they, good were, point. they were in an alliance together. And truthfully, if you're a challenge hardcore fan, that is a dream elimination you never thought you'd see bananas yeah. versus Derek. So I think mm-hmm. that that's a high point. But kind of like Rob said, that is one of those seasons where it's so good as a whole that when you try to pick out memorable moments, unfortunately, what gets most associated with that season is Camilla's racist breakdown. And then that is second. And, well, go, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I was just going to finish that right there of just saying like on the reunion, they spent more time talking about that incident and all of that than anything about really in the season. So I that's mean, what gets remembered. They had a whole TV special that was released the next week about it. And then they weren't even going to like show it apparently. And then the cast convinced them that they had to show it just because of what happened. And then also the second most like memorable thing is the Jordan Jemmy fight, which was just pretty hard to watch. And then the third uh, one is right. probably the Shane Simone thing where you didn't even see what happened, but it turns out it was like a racial fight. And then probably another memorable thing is just how much they botched the revealing of the winner. Oh, what a disaster that was. Vendettas was worse, but the Dirty 30 one was bad. Yeah, the fact that Camilla wins, but because of that incident, she's not there. Not even there. It's so awkward. So as great as that season is, it's remembered more for its low points than it is its competitive high points. Mm -hmm. And that's after they made us watch two reunion episodes only to find out who actually won the show. Or and, just the hot take from Derek that, like, the people that won the show didn't even know they won until yeah. they watched it on TV. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and the thing is, with that one and with the Cara Maria one on Vendettas, it almost feels like they didn't win the show. Like, Jordan yeah. was so dominant on the final that it's a little bit different. But Cara, we didn't even see the part of the final where she won until the end of the reunion. I agree. Ugh. I'm, 
So, and the, Rod, aren't those, you brought this up, I think, the last time we did a podcast. Those are the producers that were just in place for two seasons, correct? Uh, they were in place from Rivals 3 up until Final Reckoning, I believe. Yeah, that's when Justin Booth came back, right? Yeah, yeah on World of the Worlds 1, which there's there's one part in World of the Worlds 1 that bothers me endlessly. But uh, It's kind of like how the great. one thing about the current season, World of the Worlds 2, like there's one giant thing that bothers me because the season looks completely different if they fix it. But I don't want to get on too big of a tangent tonight on that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Devin. My number six, Wes Bergman. He is higher on my list and higher on the people's list. He's not on my list. He's honorable mention as well. Wow. He is a little higher on my list. Yeah. So I, for me, he had to be on my list. Um, like, I, I think when you think of the challenge, he's one of like the handful of people that you immediately come to mind. He's like, just it, even though he's, the sixth person on my list if you're talking about people that are on the challenge mount rushmore you could make an argument that he's one of the people that's there um just because how impactful he's been from a variety of different uh standpoints the reason why he wasn't higher on my my list is because of his i guess the the ups and downs throughout his career so out of the 12 seasons that he was on guess how many finals he made he's been like five finals yeah it's five and it's he's only won three of them right or he's two. Won two just two yeah so he's only had two wins um he's been on five challenges um i mean and, five finals right but yeah, besides Kara, doesn't he has have the most elimination wins yeah uh, that's possible but i mean i think he does that's have a elimination wins. that's a double-edged sword right so um you're good enough to win eliminations but at the same time you're not good enough to avoid being in the eliminations uh, to begin with. Because that's See, I, 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 I have a bone to pick time. with that a little bit, though, because I actually put him a little higher on my list because I think it's more impressive that he is constantly at the butt end of being either with shitty teammates because he is consistently, besides Kenny, CT, and Teresa, has always had a bad teammate or been on a bad team and has been the underdog to the Johnny... Evan Kenny dominant alliance and had to basically been forced to stay on the show by going and winning eliminations. Yeah. Like the thing is like, if you switch around Nehemiah and Danny's um, like presence on camera, plus athleticism with that of like Kenny and Evan, then Wes basically has everything Johnny has at law. Wait, say that again. If you switch around Nehemiah. So basically if the, it's not his fault, his friends suck at the challenge. Yeah. Right. That, that's that's what I was trying to say, too. Yeah. See, I think you have to put an asterisk by the elimination record, but I think it's impressive. Like, we're watching Fresh Meat right now for the show, and that podcast will post right after we post this one. But watching that again and looking at the weight that goes in the backpacks that Wes and Casey were carrying versus other teams, the handicap is so large that basically they were spotted a 10 minute lead every single time they went into elimination and fresh meat one. So even as bad as Casey stunk, the fact that they didn't have nearly as much weight as anyone they ran against really just kind of goes, okay, yeah, it's impressive that he won, but you know, let's even that weight out. Does he beat some of those people in fresh meat one? We never know. We go by what's on the statistics. The statistics say he won, but there's always an asterisk there yeah. for me. And so, and just because we, finish those the first what four episodes within the last couple of weeks and it's immediate in my mind 
politically, he's like an absolute train wreck in those first four episodes. I don't know how much you can put on him for that. He was in a pretty bad situation. Are you? No, come on, Rob. The first night that they get on the show, he's like kicking people out of their rooms and like talking about how they should be in there instead of them. Like, how is that a good? It's not. It's not saying it's good, but he also asked them. Like, it's awful. It's awful, Rob. No, he didn't ask them. He told them. And he asked the him, hey, would it be, hey, <laughs> that, that's he, the big difference. Go go back and rewatch the exact. I will rewatch it. He goes, hey, we're having an intimacy problem. We want this. Yeah, room. exactly. Is it, <laughs> oh, would it would it be better for both of us if like you? Yeah, but who's gonna say it? no to that, Rob? Who's gonna say no to that? Well, someone who got mad about it, like you did. No, he's gonna. Everyone's gonna say, yeah, go ahead, and that just puts an X immediately on his back. I, I think there was an X on his back the moment those four of those people showed. Well, up. as soon as Austin showed up, they were going yeah, in because they were they were, st- they were the new kids of the show, even though it was fresh meat. They I, were I going was looking in. back. I don't even know if it was anybody's second season besides them. Like all the other vets were third season or more. And everyone else from Team Austin is complete hot garbage. It's terrible the challenge. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's another <laughs> reason I kind of like. You know, he had this really rough start from the beginning. Okay, what is his peak season, though? Because I've got his yeah, rivals, that's, that's too, also. that's an interesting question. Okay, but, he has two peaks, though. Two big yeah. peaks. Dual 1 and Rivals 2. No, yep. see, I don't think Rivals 2 is his peak. Why is Rivals 2 his peak? He just got paired with CT. Well, he got paired with CT, but he, it's not like CT had to drag Wes along like an anchor. Like, he was there, and he was ready to compete. He had the right political game because of the rules of the game. He was able to leverage so much because, like, CT wasn't doing the politics on that team, period. Right. Yeah, Rivals but the politics of was... that season were set up in a situation where it was pretty easy to just skate. I mean, and you can even argue maybe Wes's peak political season was really Rivals 3 because until the no, no, twist, no, 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 no. until the twist of the Redemption House was sprung on them, he was coasting oh, to that final. Do you, do you mean X's 2? Oh, X's 2. Sorry, okay. not Rivals. Yeah, that that was when sense. he was paired with Nani. I'm sorry. No, X's 2 was Wes's political masterpiece until the production twist happened and it screwed his game over. Yeah. And I would make that same argument for War of the Worlds also, which I know we're yeah. not including here, but I just want to say, like, that's another check mark for him that, like, he has had all these incredible political mastermind of seasons and. He's done it in three different eras of the challenge, really. Like, if you could give me the West from War of the Worlds 1, I would have him in my top three. He's not in my top three currently, but he would be there if I could have the one from War of the Worlds 1. It was an incredible season by him. It it, it was. Based on my criteria, for me, of who do I want on my team, the reason Wes is not in my top six is because I can't trust him. That's really what it boils down to. Put him in a power position. He was, and those teams that he sabotaged, he was never in a power position. Like if you if you put him down at the bottom rung, he's going to do what's the best for him. He's not going to do what's the best for your team. But he wasn't in that position on the ruins. Yeah, but that's still him being on your team. You sure, know what I mean? but you like if, if I'm he, putting if I'm putting West on my team, I'm giving him the keys. Yeah, but you could be in a situation where West, when he's in driving the car isn't looking out for your best interest. So you have to... Who is? Him... Who, who is going to put their team... But that's... The see, Rob, that to, that to me is why that argument fails is because you, as Joss found out, you never, ever put your game in somebody else's political de- dealings. If Joss had been playing his game instead of Polly's, if he had not been... If he had played his game instead of Polly's, he's still there. We could, we could have a whole podcast about that. That's a, another huge, huge uh, tangent. But I don't. Number, I, five. When, number five. Who's up? 
Uh, the People will be up next for number five, and they have Jordan Wisely at number five. Wow, Hi. I stand pat with The People. I, he's higher, higher on my list. Higher on my list, too. So this is, yeah, you can kind of see the way my, my list is leaning, and then I've got the the short and sweet challenge careers with you know efficiency and a couple wins at the bottom. Two wins, three finals, four seasons, you know, if you're not counting this current season we're in right now. Uh, he's kind of basically been Wonder Boy since day one. He knows how to take a back seat when somebody else is, you know, pushing the gas pedal, and that's X's two with Sarah versus being in the driver's seat himself in Dirty 30. Completely, completely, utterly dominant in eliminations. The only one he lost was purely his own hubris. And, um, yeah, he's, he's racked up wins in just a few seasons. I can't fault the logic. He's not, he is literally the, one of the other people on the honorable mention list for me, oh, man. Trace is just, I know I thought I was not having hot takes. I thought I was going to have some moments, but nothing like this where everybody's like, really? He's not there either. No, yeah. I, I yes. can't fault anyone's logic and I would not argue against anyone putting him in their top six. I think if he had had maybe another season or two, I would be all in, and he would easily be in the top six. I just – it's just a lot of gaps for me. Yeah, for me, he's he's higher, um, and I just went ahead and included the most recent, recent season of War of the Worlds too. Um, some of the last couple of eliminations that we've seen as we speak are some of the most incredible things that I've ever seen. Like, I don't know how – like he beat Josh in that elimination. See, I like, don't even understand is, the mechanics of that elimination, really. You just pull the rope and it pulls the person on the other side. No, but so I have a... actually broke it down a little bit on his most recent Challenge Mania interview in describing how Jordan did it, and he basically says that he created this like pulley system on like wrapping the rope around his arm and on his hip, creating an easy way for him to just kind of like let the Rope, rope go, go through yeah, his hands. Off yeah. Balance. yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that's sharp. I mean, yeah, he like has. What do you think? Josh probably has forty pounds on him, and Several twice as inches. many hands. And a challenge yeah. that like pretty come pretty much like comes down to like handed grip strength. He still found a way to win. Yeah, I, I think the biggest detriment for him is he's just cocky as fuck and can be super combative <laughs> at times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, him being like, on unnecessarily your team can be a bit like can be a bit problematic. Mm -hmm. He may if have. I'm working with Jordan. I'm happy though. Like if he and I are in the same alliance, I'm happy because it's obvious Jordan's loyal. If you're working with him, yeah, he well, probably has the worst political game out of anyone in like the consensus top six. Yeah, he he, he doesn't seem to really even like care that much about politics. I even think I actually think Landon's political game sometimes gets somewhat like. Diminished unnecessarily. Yeah, because yeah, like like on Duel Two, he's in the dominant alliance the entire season, and then on Fresh Meat Two, um, he's with West like the first half of the season. He pretty much knows exactly when to flip over to Kenny. Okay, number five. Who's up? Robert Trace. Uh, Logan, you're up next. Oh, uh, he said I, Jordan. I, I he said Jordan. Jordan. In, in my, yeah. my five spot too. Yeah. All right, my bad. Uh, my number five. I had Weston Bergman at number five. Okay, Trace. I can't argue. Um. All right, I'm ready for the pitchforks right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Okay, Anton. Go. Anton. Oh, yeah, you, you got it. You, you caught me. Uh, Mark Long. I don't think that's that bad. 
you can make. He was originally in my top six until about the third draft of it. I I would just not if you don't talk about not trusting West, I would not trust Mark Long. <laughs> Why? Because like, he's gonna make a deal with the other team and just throw the final. I That's don't the think thing with that. Mark is that he's got his inner circle and his crew, and if you're in it, you're gravy. If you're he's not, it, there's yeah. no point of ever trying to bridge that gap. See, and that's the point I make there because if he is in my alliance and he is on my team and we're in, yeah, I don't have to worry about Mark. And Mark is such a good. I mean, think about it this way: Mark was so good at the politics. He was on several seasons, made it to every final until his last one, which was Battle of the Sec or X's one. And the rumor is is that he and Johnny put on a good show before Mark took a dive because he knew he and Robin would exactly. never win. Exactly. That's why I don't want Mark Long. Like if, if you were, if your if partner was Robin and you were about to go run a final, wouldn't you just make a deal okay, with Johnny? Okay, but that's what I'm saying. If he's like if he's on Mark, like let's say we put him on this season, he takes Zach's spot on the U.S. team. I would. I would almost guarantee he'd basically just throw the final and then make a deal with the other team so he gets a larger cut of the money. That's different, though, because Mark Long at 48 may still be chiseled out of fucking stone, but what's, oh, Mark, talking, what's his peak? Like would, 25 years ago. Okay, yeah. I was thinking if we're importing like Gauntlet 2 Mark Long into this season. If we have Gauntlet 2 Mark in this season, that is a legitimate concern, but it also it's, – it's to me, that's a, that's a hard – nut to crack because mark long probably would not have let polly get away with any of the crap he pulled so that is one of those x factors you can say that but what would he been able to like do well at that point bananas and mark have the numbers like polly never even gets close to getting the numbers well what would he have done then though would it would have stopped polly from getting the numbers first of all mark would have banged every chick in the house (laughs) he would have had everyone sitting around him during story time while they're cracking brews open because he's got a thousand and a half stories to tell and that's part of the reason why everyone always wanted to keep him around yeah i don't think that matters that much anymore oh no 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 i well that's why they keep kyle around (laughs) well they didn't keep kyle around this season true yeah true yeah. No, but I think Mark Long, if physically he can pretty much do everything in his peak, even in Duel 2, amazing political game, because again, at no point did he even sniff going into elimination. And if you didn't have the stupid final structure they did in Duel 2, you know, how competitive is that, you know, final? Because all the guys were basically at the bicycle unchaining at the same time. I mean, there's a whole bunch about of that. Yeah. So. You just don't know because Brad started cramping up, which is why Evan caught him in the first place. But if Mark's not standing around waiting on Anissa, how different does that final look? So to me, you know, you have, there are always asterisks to this stuff. Like almost always in those earlier seasons, there's an asterisk somewhere. Yeah, that's the thing, though. We never saw him really run a final. Like I don't know how he'd hold up in a final with his body type. You know what's incredible is guess how old he was. So if are we in agreement that his peak is Gauntlet 2? By the parameters set up a fourth by this uh, poll, then I would say definitely yes. His peak I would Gauntlet say too. yes. That is definitely guess, his physical peak. Or Battle of the I, Sexes 2. Because didn't he we, just bow out on that to let his team go? Yeah, he it? just bowed out. Yeah, they all split the money. And apparently yeah. it came out that uh, on the recent Challenge Mania Live in Chicago that Mark sent Brad some cash too as a, hey, sorry, man. But he, he did. Oh, what a guy. That's not surprising. Yeah. Not surprising. So guess, how, 
Guess how old Mark Long was in Conlet 2. 34, right? He was 34, I thought. Holy 35. shit. That is unbelievable. 34, 35, which is absolutely incredible. And he was the but oldest. But he's, he's like 40 on Duel, uh, Duel 2. Yeah, and then he was like 43 when he did uh, Sexes 1. So right, I, X, is, X is 1, you mean? So is X he, is 1, sorry, yeah. So is he 50 now? Almost. He's got to be like He's 50. 48, so... Battle of the X's ran in 2012, so yeah, that would he would have been like 41, yeah. I re- I'm really hoping he shows up as like a mercenary on next season and just surprises everybody. That'd be cool. Yeah, I think he's been trying to get on for years. Now, he's so been trying he's to get finally, back. He's not coming back now, he said, at, at the Challenge Mania thing. Apparently, he has a real job, and he can only be gone from work for a week. So if he does anything with the show, it'll be in a mercenary-type role. That's one where you can't like just cast him on, like... Like, just for the novelty of it and, like, Thomas Buell's spot and, like, the dead air of the challenge. <laughs> Who? Uh, what does he do, yeah. Trace? I don't know that. Like, I, in the recap of the Challenge Mania Live, it just said that he had a real job, and so he can't get more than <laughs> off. That's all he said. I'm sure it's entertainment industry adjacent or oh, something Oh, yeah, you like know that. he's working for, like, a production company or something. Yeah, I feel like that's just a cover. I think he, I think Mark Long can get away for a little bit if he needs to. Man, I've been trying to get him on on my podcast for like two plus years, and I just cannot get the commitment. <laughs> Man, yeah. I, I feel like if Buna Murray backed up the 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 truck with enough money in it for show money, he'd do it. Because I mean, if they say, "Hey, we'll give you a hundred grand to show up," I think he would do it. But at the same time, they're not going to back up a hundred grand to get Mark Long on the show when they can cast other people and pay him ten. I mean, honestly, I think it's more on MTV's end. They've they've tried to skew much younger and more international the last few years. That like the legacy spots have been really minuscule the last like three or four seasons, don't you think? No, yeah, definitely. Outside, outside of Bananas, CT, and Wes, I think Brad and Shane were considered like the last of the legacy right. spots. Yeah, you're because, right. I mean, Laurel kind of this season. Yeah, well, like Jordan was considered one. Though. Yeah, well, like, Jordan was considered one basically this season, and Jordan was, like, on Dirty 30. Yeah, and Darrell on Dirty 30. See, Dirty 30 to me was really kind of, I think, MTV's relenting of, okay, it's the 30th one. We'll do some legacy casting, but we're really going to start phasing out a lot of these people after that. Right. You guys know that uh, Coral was actually supposed to be on Dirty 30? I, I remember that, yeah. And then she what dropped happened? last second. She dropped the last second, not getting paid enough, according to Jemmy. Wow. But they showed up, there were like, everyone was grabbing their gear, and Jemmy walks up to her, her booty shorts, and it's like, holy shit, there's Coral's shorts right there. It says her name. Wow. That's impressive. I wonder how much they were paying her, not what she wanted. Honestly, was she really worth all that much at that point, though? Um, I think just, dude, for my to, own, like, just novelty factor. Like, just I, to I see it one more time. Cool. Yeah, yeah. to see it time. one more time, yeah, but I I don't see Lore or Coral bringing ratings points up on that season. I think the ratings no. would have been what they were regardless. But for like the enjoyment of like the hardcore fans, it would have you, you have put to it up we, there a they don't notches. care that much about us. I know, I know they don't care, but I care about me. <laughs> <laughs> always, well, always I can't care about that logic. Awesome. Right. So that was my five. So Mark Long. Well, wait, can I make one final point on Coral? And I think it's just we all saw how, and I really hate saying this because I feel like such an asshole, but I feel like it's true that we saw how Veronica performed on what was it, Dirty Thirty and Vendettas. 
It was bad. Yeah, and and it's like I I kind of don't want Coral back to taint the image I have of her just being this incredible competitor, the fucking sassiest, best talker <laughs> in challenge history. Like I I really just didn't want them to to break that image in my head. I didn't think Veronica was that bad on Dirty Thirty. She was really bad on the next two, but on Dirty Thirty, like she beats like a Nisa in elimination. She's not like an abject disaster. True. Yeah, I, you're right about that. I forgot about that LM. She's not like Siobhan. Okay, I had CT at number five. Oh. Okay, he's he's higher on the people's list. Okay, we already talked about CT too, didn't we? We'll, we'll give a full flesh CT breakdown when we, when we get to the people. All right, number four. Uh, who do the people have? They have Weston Bergman. Wow, I am in lockstep. I got Wes at number four also. Someone has replaced me as the beacon of the people on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the voice of the voiceless. Just call me CM Punk. I like it. This is more of a consensus than I thought we would have. I think our consensus might get broken up here a little bit. But, um, yeah, I think, like, again, with Wes, like, if I, I if I could have Wes from World of the Worlds uh, 1, I'd probably have him, like, number 3. But I, I can't pick him based on the criteria that I followed to the T. Okay, who's better, War of the Worlds 1, Wes, or Roided Up, Heavy on the Juice, Wes? <laughs> That's the thing. With Wes and CTR, the two that sticks out the most to me, just picking out their best season is so hard, and it's so different based on which one you pick out. Yeah, because like if Rivals you, West is so different from Dual West, is so different from like X's Two West. Fresh Meat when he first showed up on the show and everyone despised him. Yeah, with the Mohawk. Ugh, that that has been painful to watch on Fresh Meat. That dude, <laughs> truthfully, Wes, if you were to, here's a hot take for you. Wes, arguably, depending on the season, has the worst hairstyle every time. Oh, that, that's a, that's yes. a take. Dating like back it, to his real world season. God, if you watch real world Austin, I don't know what that redheaded kid was thinking, but that just made him look even more redheaded. It was awful. But I think he has embraced the redheaded thing, though. Yeah, I'm not joking. I'm just because a lot of people like to make fun of redheads. So no offense to any redheads out there. I have several in my family love them to death. But I was just joking because like that awful hairstyle in real world Austin is so terrible. Like it, he mean, has bangs. He has bangs. I mean, he still pulled Johanna with that hairstyle. So uh, if I can have that hairstyle and have Johanna. Well, if he pulled, uh, since he pulled, I didn't think about it that way. If he was able to pull Johanna with that hairstyle, his political game is way better than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, remember they had like the phone number drawer of all the groupies? Oh my God, I forgot about that. Legendary. Oh, what a great season. Man, I'm so glad that's on Facebook Watch if people want to see it. It's up for free. On Facebook watch go watch real world Austin if you've never seen it the first highest rated episodes, season ever is it higher rated than Vegas one because that's crazy. yes real world Austin is the highest rated real world season they ever had that was like peak reality show like it became mainstream the first couple episodes are really tough to watch though because that's when Danny's mom dies and he gets his face broken mm a lot going on yeah, the craziest thing about real world austin is that the producer thought danny was going to be like the star of the challenge coming out of it and not Wes. i mean that he isn't <laughs> what a fucking bust if, if you ask danny i think he would beg to differ <laughs> <laughs> I, I, did you guys recently say, or on one of your previous podcasts say he was like the the ryan leaf of the challenge yes we did, we that, did. i love it that's perfect danny's like danny's like jr smith he like even when jr smith was with the Cavs while LeBron was on the team. 
Jared Smith still thought he was the best player on the team. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, oh, actually, I think we've even got a better one. Chad Ochocinco. He is the Chad No, Ochocinco. no, but Chad was actually good. Like, no, Ochocinco is like, borderline Hall of Fame. Yeah, really? Like, you really think so? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good in his day. Uh, even if he, even if you don't think he's Braun Hoffman, he's still a quality receiver. I think he's like Deion Waiters, who nicknamed himself Kobe Wade because that's what he thought his abilities. Okay, were. so okay, all right, I'll give you that. So compare it to Danny though, and I'll still stand by my analogy because dang it, I die on these hills every time, even if I'm <laughs> wrong. Uh, if you take Danny's just entertainment factor. He is really high on the list just from an entertainment factor. Really? I don't find him that entertaining. The stupid things he says crack me up. It's kind of like I hate Nelson, but when he said needy greedy on that oh, one see, episode, I'm all in on Nelson. I about peed myself laughing. Like, We're living I, in the 28th century, people. <laughs> <laughs> Nelson, entertainment factor is so high. Saying Danny has a super high entertainment factor is not a real like low-rent take there. Uh, Random trivia. For this, if I put the over under at six seasons for the amount of seasons with over a hundred catches for Chad Johnson, would you take the over or the under? A hundred? I'd say over. He, he I would say over because that. he was on the Bengals when the red rifle would just fling it in the air all the time. The original red rifle? Roberto? I, I would go over. He had zero seasons with over a hundred catches. Wow. wow. Dang. Crazy, right? I, I, I think it's I think we don't forget like the environment difference between then and here. I would agree. He must have had a ton plus eighty or plus ninety though, right? Yeah, he had a bunch like kind of like in that mid range. Like I think he had yeah, one, okay. two, three. He had like four seasons with ninety catches, like somewhere in that range. Dude, um, Danny is the fucking Jamarcus Russell of the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Just okay. All high you know what? Pure garbage. Logan, comment of the day right there. Okay, so <laughs> have you guys heard? how he got arrested in Mobile down here when he was in the NFL. This so, podcast has more tangents than my calculus class. That's fair. That's fair. So <laughs> this is how Jamarcus Jam Jam Russell got uh, arrested in Mobile, Alabama. He was in the Mobile, Alabama mall, which, trust me, it is as awful as it sounds. Think, <laughs> um, uh, I'm trying to think of a good analogy is here. College, is that a college town? Kind of. It's a port on the Gulf of Mexico. It is... Uh, Old money and dirt poor people is the best way I can put it. Um, and and then there's tourists to the west at, at uh, Orange Beach. So he was in the mall with his friends, and he had a desert eagle in his pants, and he was carrying around what? a scissor. So he's getting wow. faded at the mall while strapped. Yes. Yeah, podcast got dark. <laughs> <laughs> So. I was not expecting that one. All right. Number um, four. Yeah, number four for Logan. Uh, I, I Wes also. I've, I've wait, been in lockstep, man. Wow. Oh, uh, wait. Who did the people have? Wes? Is that what it was? They had Wes. Okay. Yep. So, Logan so we're on my number four. Or Wes. Correct. All right. I, number four, I had Evan at number four. I love it. Even though he wasn't even in, in my top six, I love it. Rob really? and I have a rare moment of agreement. Evan is my wow, number four. That is a shocker. I really, really considered him for my top six. And then I started looking at the stats and I started looking at uh, how he performed. And he, he has a pretty great challenge career. I just can't help but feel he was second fiddle to Johnny Evan Kenny. Like he, it, the hierarchy. I think back he was then, the brains behind that whole operation. <laughs> he was definitely the brains there. Probably, I think he was but in terms the of. 
of performing in challenges and eliminations, I think someone else was better. And I'll I'll just leave it at that for now. Ugh. See, I I think I think he was the the best of that group by leaps and bounds. I had a hard time leaving him out of the top six, though. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I I just didn't know where to put him. You know what I mean? And like, I could have like been convinced anywhere within the top six to like place him at that position, except for like maybe like the top two. And I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't. Is really a shorter think... challenge career than you remember? Yeah, that's true. I don't think there's that much separation between like three and like seven or eight. Like, I don't think there's. That big of a oh, see, I had a very there were eight people that I really considered, and then that I had a hard time dealing with around the edges. Um, with him, I just when I'm looking for building a team, really, I'm looking for people that don't have significant weaknesses that are going to hold my team back, but then also have the presence of mind to sort of keep the team moving in the right direction. And I, I think he checks both those box, boxes with leaps and bounds. Yeah, and see, I in people, I thought I was already thinking about counter arguments when I put him in. Okay, fresh meat one. Arguably, he and Coral were dominating the season until he got his hernia, and then they had they they were told that they had to go because he had to go get surgery. Uh, dual one, he made. But really, the- I think that's you can actually consider that season a win because he claims that Coral just went and banged him multiple times per day. <laughs> oh, I I did out. hear that, and he his exact quote was, "She taught me some voodoo shit." Um, yeah, so like borderline <laughs> half win right there for Evan. yeah. So that was good. Duel one arguably could have made the final if he hadn't made the dumbest. I mean, he allowed West to talk him into going into elimination against That's CT. That's the one thing with Evan is I don't. He's a good team leader, I guess, in like the an abstract sense. But there are some specific circumstances you can point to where he did not do what he should have done. Yeah, and that's can the thing is he learned me, from his mistakes. Can you remind me what the I'm looking at it on the challenge wiki. The ascender duel against CT was. Oh, that, I really like that elimination. They had to um, like climb up a rope and then release a thing of puzzle pieces and then make the puzzle before the other person did. It was the one where he wrote the answer to the puzzle on <laughs> yeah. and then they made <laughs> yeah. it Yes, yes, yes. How can PJ I was it? like, "Hey, man, can't that's cheating, man. Can't do that, man." That's yeah, hilarious. I wish yeah, that's that, that box. Uh, that's one of those Johnny Mosley moments that I wish Mosley had been there when Evan tried to cheat because he would have been blowing whistles. There would have been an alarm go off. There would have been a <laughs> siren. <laughs> Security bringing him down. Don't, don't you act like? Don't you think it's funny how he tried to act like it wasn't a big deal? Yeah, like he did it. He was like surprised that like TJ would bring it up. That he I mean, do to it. be fair, people look at other people's puzzles all the time, and that's just fine. Yeah, but he actually had it another written. level though. Yeah, I think what's really funny is he and uh, it was on Derek's podcast before he was doing Challenge Mania. So this was in that cutthroat time frame, like Evan and Kenny were both on the show talking. And he said, yeah, no, every time TJ would announce the rules, we would then ask questions trying to find the loopholes so we could win better. You know, like they try. He really did try to analyze every game. And he went to an Ivy League school. Didn't he go to like Dartmouth or something? Well, like that's that? why he leaves. Um, no. he, that's why he throws that's himself fine. in on Rivals 1 is that he has that thing with the like. Cornell or something. Yeah, to to. I think it's Cornell. Yeah, and and he even didn't want to do that season, but he did it as a political favor for Johnny and Kenny to get ahead in the game, and then he was leaving. So they they didn't need any political papers that season. They they yeah, had they the entire that house unlocked. Yeah, well the He's thing got is the Canadian pedigree know. too. Yeah, they didn't know going into the Rivals one that it was Rivals. Like they had no idea that that's what the format was going to be, which is why Wes and Kenny were legitimately hot when they announced the teams. <laughs> Yeah, he, even on the duel though with Evan, like he actually wins more missions than CT does. Mm-hmm. 
If he hadn't made that stupid mistake, and then his other biggest mistake he made was not trying to get rid of Big Easy. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. Uh, we've had that. Like He learned from that because when he came on Duel 2, Evan took zero chances of... I mean, he dumped Paula the moment she went against the Alliance. He was like, yeah, nope, i to cut you out. You're done. So <laughs> he learned. <laughs> Honestly, though, looking at his wiki, he really doesn't have any impressive or maybe one impressive elimination win so he lost to ct beat bananas on gauntlet three beat which is not davis, impressive yeah, it was just a yeah. Puzzle. beat davis nehemiah and Derek on duel two and then lost to adam and ct on rivals so it's like yes he he took care of business against the crappier teams but never beat someone yeah. his equal. The only thing say, that I will argue back is Nehemiah, that elimination was actually really tough because he was so tired from doing the previous elimination. And so when Nehemiah picked him, they did that one with the chain where they had to like pull the chain to get their little box up to the top or whatever. And he and Nehemiah were literally neck and neck and Evan won by like inches. Nehemiah was a better competitor than I think people give him credit for. He's just a that, terrible political player. Yeah, I would say no, Evan, not good. Evan is definitely one of those people that one of his greatest skills is being able to stay out of eliminations. Definitely. Absolutely. I just think this with that type of skill, it's just so hard for me because he was always casted with a bunch of people he was friends with. Yeah, but he got it to the points where he was actually friends with them. You know what I mean? And so that yeah, speaks but it was to his like social and political characters. ability. Yeah, there was a lot of the same characters, though. They didn't have a huge amount of turnover back in that time with the cast. So it was just, they kept on putting on people yeah, but, he was friends with. But think like, about if you put him on a season But they were just show on, like, friends. No, like, so no I mean, most of them, that's the case, wedding. sure. He still made it to um, the final in Duel 2 when Kenny and Johnny weren't on the season. Yeah, but that was one so, of his like, only friends. That's what I was saying. Wait, say that again? Well, he, those weren't his only friends. Like, he had Diem and Paula. And, I know. Like, that's his skill. You know what I mean? Everyone was his friend. He had a lot of friends on the show. I just... I, I, if you put him in a season now, I'm curious how he would get along with everybody. I think the peak moment for Evan was on the ruins where he and Kenny and Johnny were just being complete assholes and somebody else was being an asshole. And they said, shut up. You're not funny like Evan and Kenny. I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> Moment of truth. You guys, yeah, you guys want to hear something is... really funny? I've got his fresh meat bio right here, and it's completely ridiculous. Please share. For, for those who think Canadians are boring, meet Evan. He loves to provoke people and, despite being infamously cocky, is well-liked by his peers. Evan is a natural flirt and can't seem to help himself when it comes to sweet-talking the ladies, despite the fact that he has a girlfriend. Yet another way he seems to constantly get himself into trouble. Oddly enough, I can't remember a single official hookup Evan had oh, except Veronica. for Veronica. Okay, well, um, there's, there's someone else mixed in. Coral, I guess. I, we just mentioned uh, it, but so that wasn't Coral. On screen, but it wasn't on screen. Like, they hit it very well. Like, he and Jody also had a thing going on in the duel, didn't they? I don't know. Yeah, your guess is as good as mine. All right, so. well, let's mush on here then. Uh, yep. Who's next for number four? Devin. I think about. My number four, 6'2", 195 pounds out of Cedar Grove, New Jersey. Six eliminations, five victories, seven seasons on the challenge, six finals appearance, and three victories. Mr. Beautiful, Kenny Santucci. Hey, yo! Number he, four. He was nowhere near my list. Wow, no way. Yeah, I, I'm 
always been lower on Kenny than everybody else. He was the one that got bumped for Derek Kosinski for me. I have him higher on my list. Good. Interesting. Well, I think you can make an argument that he's one of the best political players of all time. Um, he only saw one elimination, right? No, he it, saw more than he's one. He's five. Well, wait, one no, he only got eliminated once. He only got he's, eliminated he only once. He only saw one individual elimination. The other and that was on the duel, and he got whooped on that. But other than that, like, that dude never... The only reason he went into elimination after that was he got lost or... or uh... No, I mean, on Fresh Me 2, he was on the wrong side of the numbers for a little bit and got... Oh, that's twice. right. But still testament to his ability to come back from that hole that he put him that he was in. It didn't put himself there. That just happened. See, but like, even, like, he's paired with Laurel on that season. And uh, if you look at the girls on that season, you've got Laurel and Evelyn, and then everybody, the rest of those female competitors, are nowhere close to that level of ability. Should I just lay my argument out there, or should I wait till he comes up on my list? Do it. I think you just need to lay it out. I'm interested. All right, so he has 35 Daily Challenge wins in his eight seasons in which he made six straight finals. The only challenger to ever do that. Six straight, three wins, three three finals wins. He was the face of the show during what many consider the golden era. And as you guys were just discussing, he's basically never had a bad partner, but I would attribute that to him being really great at politics. He basically consist him and Evan, you know, they're, they're always kind of a package deal, consistently controlled the game for about six or seven seasons and was a daily challenge beast basically his entire career besides rivals where Wes had to carry him a lot of it. And I would argue his peak was probably the ruins. Well, but what did he do on the ruins really that like impressed that many people? He never had to go in. Yeah, because he had all his friends on the show with him. And, and that's like, a skill. I understand that's a skill. First of all, it's not a skill that's supposed to be evaluated based on this survey. But secondly, like he didn't do anything in those missions to let it improve the performance of his team. After well, hearing the, all your stats, Logan, I feel like I should bump Mark Long and put Kenny at five. No, like, okay, I we'll feel see, like we'll I, I'm not, but we've made our list. But man, I feel like I aired there. He's on the team on Gauntlet 3 and on the Champions team on the Ruins. That's like an easy way to rack up those wins. That's like looking at like Patriots, like fringe roster members. Okay. Like, oh, wow. Look at all Super Bowls they have. Okay. Now we're going to really make Rob mad. So look at the island. Okay. Oh, God. Okay. Everybody hated Johnny. <laughs> And Kenny still had the political stroke to convince Evelyn yep. to keep Johnny Bananas, her arch nemesis in this season. Good he somehow sweet It's a stroke of her. masterwork. I mean, I to this day, Evelyn had mentioned she regretted doing that later. But, man, what argument did he pose to her to convince her not to take Johnny's key? I think it's a pretty freaking swap obvious jo- If you swap Johnny for Dunbar, because if Johnny had gotten the key taken, Kenny would have probably had, well, maybe Evelyn gets shut off the boat altogether because then it becomes Paula, no, Dunbar, Kenny, and Derek. Yeah, no, she doesn't go on the boat. It's so Paula, maybe Dunbar, that was his Kenny argument Derek. was, hey, if, if you don't, if you take Johnny's key, you're not on my boat. But they also didn't know how they were picking boats either so that's yeah so remember how i i told you about how i used to like watch reruns uh or not reruns but i would like binge watch old seasons of the show oh, yeah. and get like super high and there was like one night when i was like watching the island and i like that like i kept like thinking about that like about like i wonder like how much they actually thought about like how the uh teams would get split up and i tweeted kenny about that and asked him the question and he actually responded and I think he just responded with two words, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I just Wait, don't I, think Kenny ever did that much to really elevate the performance of his team. He saved his team members. But that's like he wasn't on a team with Johnny on the island. He was in an yeah, alliance. He was. That's, that's, no, that's you strengthen numbers consistently. It's just, I, 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 again, the same thing with Evan, even though I had Evan way higher. You know what, I, though, too? Kenny also had the ability to screw you over in the game, and they still loved him afterwards. You know what I mean? Like, I, like, like, a, I like the Paula circumstance. Like the Paula circumstance, but also I think about the fact that, like, he and Johanna are hooking up on the island, and at no point was, I mean, he, he mentioned in the show, yeah, we got to try and get Joey a key. But at the same time, his line was, Hey, at some point you got to do this for yourself. I can't just give you a key. You have to go win one. And he, so he pulled off what Rogan never could on War of the Worlds too. He really did. <laughs> and now that we are talking about this, I'm really kicking myself that he's not in my top six. So there I, we go. I I stand, but I didn't have him in like my top ten. I think it's arguable based on the stats Logan read, and now us talking about this political thing that he could be top three, and I could even see an argument for number okay, two. Th- th- this is absurd. I, I just <laughs> I don't. What is he doing? <laughs> we did it. I just got it. Should we just move him to number one? <sighs> number God. one, right? Okay. Well, <laughs> podcast to, to, over. To Have give a good night, everyone. To give, to give you some background, the people had him number eleven. So. Wow, that is bullshit. Fuck you, people. Wait, I have two I, things. Um, how did he get his key on the island? I don't remember. And two, well, no, um, he just lost. He just um, didn't he just lose one of those faceoffs? And then he was not voted off the island. No, he won. It was Johnny. No, that no, lost. no. Johnny he, he was would... the one that got the key based on that. No, he won in the first one with Abram and Tanya, and then um, he no, lost. No, I think that was. I think that was Johnny, wasn't it? That was no, not right. no, 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 no. It was Kenny and Tanya and uh, Abe because in the next one, Johnny's going in so he can get his key. And then Abe's like, yeah, I'll rumble again because Abe decided to go home. Yeah. So he just gets he just gets saved and it's just given a key and does nothing the rest of the season. Except he works some political magic. But that's about it. That's fair because didn't uh, Abe win? The, Abe won that challenge. So it was Abe yeah. and Tanya and him and he lost and he got the key. Yeah, well, yeah, there's Tanya over ten, Kenny, so that's, well, again, that, that a political was... mastermind to get those three people or pull the anchor in with you that you know that you can beat in a vote. Uh, and then to put a button on this topic, can I just say, final hot take of the night, Dunbar is the worst fucking challenger in the history of the show. <laughs> uh, I'll take Dunbar over Nate Stodkill, but that's about Dude, it. I don't even care. Dunbar, I'm glad we've never seen him on the show again. Garbage. It's, it is funny how much he got casted. Okay, I like 30 seconds before we started this podcast, I was running through all the seasons just to watch the intro so I could do those topics. <laughs> I was I watched the so I watched the very first episode for a second of Cutthroat and remember their whole thing is like instead of the top three people that got there to choose teams, it was the bottom three. Oh, I, I, I know exactly where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the top. Two picks of that season. I forget who made which pick, but it was Camilla uh, drafted Dunbar. Yeah, d- drafted Dunbar, and then the next g- guy drafted anybody. It was Vinny, right? Fucking Vinny, dude. <laughs> Get the fuck off my screen, Siobhan, you idiot. Man, like also the thing with that, how come it doesn't serpentine at all? How come it's just like a like it's just linear? <sighs> Like, have the producers never done a fantasy draft before? What, what, what are we doing here? Probably not, yeah. 
you know, Rob, this that was a season that was crying out for your leadership. I'm being serious. Uh, there are many yeah. seasons that cry out for my leadership. <laughs> All right, should we get to number threes? Yeah, I think I that's guess. a great spot to go. Where, where are we at with the people on number three? Wait a minute, let me guess. Hold on. I'm going to say they said Johnny Bananas three. They said Darrell Taylor three. What? Yeah, the, the people really like Darrell. I, I had Darrell three as well. I flirted with Darrell on my list for sure, but he did not crack the top six. Oh, his so performance much on, on my team than Kenny. His performance on Dirty Thirty, it was obvious he was past his prime, and even on Invasion of the Champions, okay, but he, was he, it that's bad. such a weird circumstance. In Dirty he got 30. perched out in a bullshit opening. Yeah, like that. that was, yeah, I I don't disagree with you, but from the Redemption House, he also didn't win his bait way back in. Tony did. Yeah, but the, the the thing is, all both those I like most the missions eliminations in Dirty Thirty, but those two specifically were not set up to be super like conducive to who was actually just the best of what they were doing and look like, at how much he lost tony to off. tony by he he lost to tony by a butt cheek yeah and he pushes tony off it's just the way that they turn over he ends up hitting the thing first i honestly think his four wins while consecutive and incredibly impressive not or excuse me i should say consecutive and early on in the seasons aren't as impressive as you would think that they are because of the level of difficulty of them. I yeah, think yeah. that if he wins the ruins and doesn't get kicked off for the fight with Brad, I think there's a bigger case for me for That's him to be in the top point. six. But well, because his last witness fresh meat, I think it does because it shows even though the ruins, the ruins location, the production of that was a nightmare for all of the people in the cast. No air conditioning, too much alcohol, can't leave the house, period. No club nights, anything like that. Sexual assault allegations? Oh, yeah. Just everything about that season is just a hot mess from the production standpoint. And so I can can almost let it go just because of the fact of the conditions. But Darrell was always known as the guy that never lost his cool on the show. And the fact that he did, it's like, er. Mm -hmm. I I really wanted to put him on because I met him at Challenge Mania Live out here in San Francisco. He's a Bay Area guy. He he hosts or he runs a uh, uh, like a fighting gym up in Sacramento. Super cool. But I just think his his career is super weighted to the front end of it and just not those those wins don't carry as much weight as later wins. What does Pete Kenny do better for your team than Pete Terrell does? Politics. Politics. But what does he do better in the politics? Everything. Like for a team, well, for a team, what's he doing that's better? <laughs> you have to understand. Like, that, Rob, always, like how, we're thinking about it from the perspective of if you put this person on a season, how likely are they going to be to win the seasons? I, I understand that, but Terrell also, every time he was on the team season, still found himself in the main alliance and was able to win. See, I can't argue with that piece of it, but I also say this comes in with the asterisk piece of formatting with Inferno one and two. Being able to uh, win your way out of elimination in the next challenge, and that really weights it because Darrell was smart enough in those. He's like, yeah, I'm going to make sure I'm not going in elimination. So here I'm going to go put my crabs in first before I help anybody else. And so that's smart, and it's a good play for him. But on the same token, it's like that's some – those are there's some wonky rules. But okay. he was also on a stacked team both times, which, I mean, him and Timmy, uh, Derek, Abe – those guys weren't going home. Yeah, but also, like, if you go on the ruins, he actually throws himself in. Is it twice? Yeah, he throws himself in twice in the ruins to for the betterment of his team. 
No, he did that because he was going to go in anyway, and it was easier for him to just say, hey, I, I I'm going he in. And then he cut and a look deal. who he faced. He faced Danny and Kahuta. Well, I'm just saying from the that perspective of being willing to he, put himself tricky. into elimination. But also, like, he yeah, cut he a was deal. not going to go in for sure. No, he wasn't going to go in for sure. Wes was still on the team the first time he threw himself in. Who did he go in against the first time? It was Danny. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and the Kahuta one is he said he when he went in, he cut the deal with Evan and Kenny that basically said, hey, if I go in this one, Bananas is in the next one, basically, was the way that went down. That was just uh, with the they, second one. Yeah, and so and he went after Kahuta for the bank account, which was also smart. Like, he went in when it was politically advanced. So I give him that. He went in when it was politically advantaged. It's just too bad he got drunk and blew up with Brad. I, I would significantly rather have uh, Darrell on my team than Kenny. I think that's a bit splitting hairs because they're both good at such different things. And actually, I, I do think that although obviously he went out first in uh, Fresh Me 2 with Car Maria as his partner, I think that shows how terrified everyone was of him to ensure that he got in that first elimination. So it's hard to hold that one against him. Yeah, yeah I and don't. like if you if you switch Kara and Laurel around in terms of their partner with this, Darrell wins the season thing. probably. Probably, yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah that's like, a good point. Because she was nowhere near the competitor she is these days versus when she was back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So does I, ever anyone else have Darrell higher on their list? I mean, he's in no. my honorable mentions, and he's he's not in the yeah, top for me. See, I, I think that's a bad take over here. And see, I'm with Logan though. I think because of the weight of his earlier wins, like it doesn't mean he's not one of the greatest. It doesn't mean he's not one of the best. But it's hard to go top six when you go from Inferno two to uh, Final Reckoning. When you go in that time span, his resume just doesn't hold up against other I, people. Okay, but like he came back also on Champions vs. Pros and won that season against both top challenge competitors. Bro, and bro, you lost athletes. me the second you said Champs. <laughs> that, that shit does not fucking count. I don't. You I think are it, you and Johnny Bananas are the only one ones that count those wins. I'm I don't think it should count as an official win. But what I'm saying is, it proves that he can actually compete still these days. I don't know. I, yeah, it's yeah, tough yeah, for yeah. me to get behind. The, the, the only I, thing I stand behind in Champs vs. Stars. Days. The only the only good thing that ever came out of that was Riff Raff being on our TVs. Oh yeah, the the TOCT fight is pretty great TV. You're right, you're right. That was classic. That was I, and I, I I actually quite enjoy the first and third iterations of those seasons. The second one is horrible, but the first and third ones I thought were actually pretty decent. Yeah, and you know the funny other... enough, they actually filmed that that third one. I don't know. A six-minute walk from where I used to live when I was in LA. Wow. It was, it was at the hotel where I used to go to get uh, – there was, like, food trucks there, and I used to go and get hang out at the bar because it was at this place called Mother's Beach right in Marina Del Rey. And I even recommended it uh, that hotel to my girlfriend when her company was going down to L.A. for a trip. So, yeah, that, that season does hold a little special place in my heart. Did you run into, like, West and CT there or no? No. Th- I mean, they didn't overlap when they were there. Nah, and, and unfortunately, I had already moved back to the Bay Area when they were filming it. But uh, it was still cool to see them there. Dude, okay, this is a crazy story. So I actually had a friend who did, like, a military corpse type program. And he was in Thailand while one of the worlds two was filming. Whoa, and no so, way. And he was actually pretty close where they were filming. So one time I would told him, like, dude, if you want to, if you're interested in meeting up with some people who will be down to hang out, just head to a bar that's close to this location. 
And so he, he, he never actually ran into them, unfortunately. But it, it They're was only been to one bar the whole season, that's for exactly. sure. <laughs> I, it's funny, Pat was talking about this on his show. They, they, they think it might be just like a producer set up bar, like it's not an actual bar. Like it's just like some some like structure the producers are how like actually no 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 that's a that's a straight up rooftop bar in Thailand I could I could verify looks pretty legit though yeah yeah there there's too much that looks legit from the point of service system and everything there's no way that's a producer Uh, these people are good at their jobs Trace I mean you also have to realize though that they film in these seasons or excuse me they film in these countries for a specific reason because. The the laws about filming are so lax versus filming. Oh, 100%. I mean, I do believe, and I will give a little bit of credence to Pat's take in that they rent out the rooftop bar for the night to keep non-cast members off the rooftop. Like yeah, I, they, they definitely, don't need a, definitely. They don't need a Johnny's uh, cutthroat situation again. Definitely not. So to put one last Except button. he got punched in the face from a dude leaping yeah, down when the he gets thrown down, uh, and, yeah, yeah. throw down the steps in Prague. Golly. So, yeah, I... The the one argument, and I will put a button in Durrell, that I could I could buy your champs versus pros or stars, whichever one that was, is champs versus stars. Uh, the you could have gotten me if you would have said that his performance on Invasion of the Champions was legit because it was. And who did he lose into elimination? CT. So right. CT also broke that elimination. He did one of the greatest eliminations in the history of the show. It was one they did the uh the, they had to wrap up or tie up the rope in that like jungle gym set. And he got mm-hmm. it tied in such a strong knot that Darrell literally could not advance any farther. Well, they had to like get a knife out, right? I mean, yeah, he, he broke it. Like you said, he, he literally solved the elimination. Yeah. Like, people for that's actually both those eliminations that happened because the Camilla Laurel one is also in that same like episode. Yes. So, People don't talk about those. That is one of those seasons that people hail as a great one, but it gets kind of lost in the shuffle. Invasion? Yeah. Like, I think there's a lot of people people that don't like Invasion. See, that's so weird. I think Invasion is actually really great if you go back and binge it. The format's just wonky to me. The format might seem wonky, but I'm all in on it because of the way it was structured. The only thing that was a bit wonky was waiting that the champions were only going to get two total representatives. To me, that's a bit wonky. I think it should have been a little bit more open-ended, but that's a nitpick because from top to well, bottom... And, and that the, the champs never had the same amount of players as the non-champs was kind of stupid. Yeah, that that was dumb. So, But as a whole, I really enjoy that season. Like, really enjoy it. So anyway, that's a yeah. very large side trail. So Tra- Trace, when we did our right? poll... What's that? Go ahead. When do, oh for invasion our poll? What was yeah our poll? They they came out as nineteenth from the people. Wow, that is very surprising. I have thirty two. I think that's All a right. bad is it, take. Is it my turn for number three? Yes. The fans, right? Or who did the fans? No, we just did the fans. fans the was, was the fans, and we got on oh, the right. big one there. Okay, my number three. Wow, without saying, uh, it's tough to say the stats because it sort of gives it away. So uh, he's got an 8 and 13 elimination record. He has partaken in eight finals. He has 58 challenge wins. Six wins, 19 seasons. I am, of course, talking about Jonathan Davinanzio. Kind of consider him the Barry Bonds of the challenge in that <laughs> he's been around for so long that he's accumulated insane stats and been embroiled in controversy 
the whole second half of his career, the face of the modern challenge, um, almost always been in good or great or at least good teams or partners. And I think I would consider his peak free agents. And we're supposed to, you know, take this list to be at their peak. But looking at his Wikipedia page, man, the last third of his career is really, really fucking bad. Yeah, it's not been good lately for him. I I agree. As a big Bananas fan, I would agree with you. His last, I would say, final reckoning wasn't terrible. That was a. I mean, he made. He, he was one away from the final. He was. He was yeah, that was a fluky elimination. How much? How much do you take out of anything that happened in Final Reckoning? No, nothing that season is like predictive of anything going forward. Yeah, that was I so think long, such a wonky format. The night before, he was in an elimination essentially that he won, and the producers redid it. Yeah. Yeah, that season, I, I don't take any like yeah. almost anything out of it. And I would season. even say like, like Dirty Thirty, he was fine. Like he lost to Derek. That's a legit uh, he loss. Was, what sort of final was he that? He coasted a lot Two of away? Dirty Thirty. No, but see, he coasted like he only he only won like one mission on Dirty Thirty. Against a super stacked cast, where he's competing against CT, Jordan, Derek. Well, I mean, if he if he's ranked this highly, like on people's list, he should be able to beat those people. He made it to episode fourteen on. Dirty. He was the last male elimination, right? He and Derek. That's what I'm trying. No, to um, well, it depends on how you kind of like word it. Because he got purged, and then came back, and then did the elimination. Or was it he went through the purge and didn't make it through the purge? He, um, no, he safe purge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. What I mean was, is they did like a challenge where the people in the redemption house, like somebody got to come back and he didn't win that. No, he did not. That was when he got knocked. That was CT that that did that, right? Well, they brought two guys back in and CT and Jordan both came back in. Yeah, which against right. CT, <sighs> Dario, Jordan, Leroy, and Johnny all partook. Man, can you imagine if like Dario comes out and wins that wins that mission? Well, they, was that the season that Dario just slept through? Yes, he had like six confessionals the whole season. I mean, actually, I, now that I'm looking at it, season. I think his most impressive elimination win is against Riff Raff in Champs for Stars. Yeah, dude, he just I I think. A lot. Like if Evelyn, if if Kenny doesn't work his political magic and Evelyn takes his key, like he's nothing. I don't think he's nothing. I no, think he's essentially one. nothing. I mean, no, if you are a self-professed hater of the island and really wish that season was just not remembered at all. So, <laughs> well, it's an important season. It's just not a good one. Like uh, I don't know what to tell you. Dude, That's- listen, I host a show. Where the name is literally us trying to rib fucking Johnny Bananas because I despise the guy so much. But I put him up here because numbers talk. And even though maybe getting to finals has been difficult for him, he is six for eight. And the two that he's lost are Inferno 3 and Rivals 2, which was very, very close. The, The man was the face of the challenge for an entire generation. So, so we, uh, does anybody else have him higher on their list? Yes. I have him at two as well. Well, so, um, so let me give the anti bananas case here. So this is, I don't have, I don't have a strong opinion either way on him. I think he's a fine character. I think he's actually important from a producer perspective, but so, 
He does nothing impressive on the duel, obviously. That's his first season. You can't really bang him either way for that one. But on the island, if Evelyn, so if Evelyn takes his key, he's not on the Champions team on the Ruins, so he doesn't win that season. At that point, whether or not he's casted from there on, you know, who knows? But he's also probably not as ingrained in that alliance then, because he's not in that on that season. So then who knows also what happens on Rivals or X's at that point, because again, he's not like in the like friendlier part of the show. And he's just never like had any real moments that have really elevated teams or like shown a super impressive individual performance to me. What about the elimination? And I know you're going to say through it, but the Adam didn't throw that elimination that happened. GT was like dragging Adam across the ground. How sure are we about that? I, I can say that with significant confidence. Yeah. I, I wanted for a long time to think that that wasn't true, but I've watched it a couple times and Adam threw it. Yeah. Also, Adam, there's C- a reason he C- wasn't invited C- back. Yes, yeah, CT has mentioned that Adam threw it. If you go back and watch the Rivals reunion, CT makes a comment about him not throwing it, and Johnny makes his face like clearly he did throw it. I mean, that, that could be some producer magic, but the fact that the producers even really were willing to like intimate that he threw it, I definitely think he throws it. Also, on Rivals on that final, Kenny and West should have won that final. Like the, the way they had it structured didn't make any sense. I mean, they erased, like, a two-hour lead, didn't they? Yeah, they had, like, a two-hour lead after the first day. And the second day, they give them, like, a two-minute head start. And the entire, like, length of the final the second day is significantly shorter than it was the first day. Wait, yeah, sorry. They, say that again. Which which season are you referring to? Uh, Rivals 1. Rivals, so Rivals they, 1. Okay. Yeah, so they had a huge lead. And the reward for the lead from the first day was you got – how much of a head start was it, Rob? Like, like two minutes, minute? right? Like it's two like minutes. two minutes. And it, they, there was only, like, one part of it compared to the massive thing that was the first day. So they pretty much just, like, forced parody to try and make the end of the show compelling. True. And it gave Tyler another day to heal from his whatever illness. Stomach yeah. virus, food poisoning. Yeah. Yeah. West was. was really sick on the final there, too, though. So I think um, it was probably even for both teams. Yeah. I mean, All I right. will say this, and it feels really gross to say, and it pains me because for, for a long time, every time I interviewed someone who was on the ruins, I felt compelled to ask them, and a lot of people declined to ever answer. But... I think the greatest thing to ever happen to Johnny was the allegations from Tanya coming out about Kenny and Evan because it forced MTV to never cast them again. And they wanted some semblance of that generation to continue on in the show. And that was John Davinanzio. So from ruins on cutthroat, Made it deep in the show. Of course, we all know what happened there. And then Rivals, Battle of the X's, Rivals 2, Free Agents. He won three of four right there. And I think that rivals any challenger ever on the show for a four-season run. Something that's really random. He's from Orange County, California. Guess where he went to college? Penn State. State. That's so random. Well, that's where uh, his cousin played football, wasn't it? Uh, I think so. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, did I think, not fare very well in the polls as you as you. Oh shock fuck, people. Vince, dude, that guy was whack. <laughs> Let's see where where was Vince? Vince was number fifty eight out of sixty people on the poll. That sounds I'm about surprised. right. That I would have said 60. that's probably accurate. Big Wait, can I hear who fifty nine and sixty were? Fifty nine was Big Easy, and then uh, sixty wow. was Jose. Yo, that is mad disrespectful to my boy, dude. Big Easy. I'm looking forward to hanging with him in Nashville. I'm going to Challenge Mania Live down there in January. 
how and I would love to hang out with Big Easy, but I don't want him on my team. Dude, he is not that bad of competitor. He has one obvious glaring black eye on his on his uh challenge career, but like dude, you look at some of the eliminations he's been in. Look at his hall brawl. That enough should like say something. I I will I would not want Big Easy on my team. If we ever do like a challenge all time draft, Logan, you you can have Big Easy. That, that's I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm not I'm not saying I would take him. I'm just saying he's not bottom fifty competitor. He's not I, I bottom ten competitor. Here's the thing that gets me about Big Easy. In this particular poll, we're talking about who would you want on your team. I'm not saying that he's not good in certain eliminations, and I'm not saying like the thing that he did in Battle of the Seasons, holding those rocks up. I mean, dude is strong. Do you yeah, have sure. some stuff behind him? But when it comes to who do I want on my team when I run a final, I yeah, don't want Easy on my team for a final. Like the, his track record with what he did in Gauntlet Three dismisses to me that he has endurance to get through a final. And that would have been CT's first win, wasn't it? Yeah, it would have yeah, been. It would have been a lot of yeah. people's first win. Yeah, been Brad, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Evans. Brad, yeah, I forgot Brad was a part of that squad. Too. All right, well, Robin, let's hear where where. Reed, Read the read the uh, last play, last five people. So uh, yeah, Jose was sixty, Big Easy fifty nine, Vince um, oh Bud, Budline's fame is fifty eight, and Dario is fifty seven, and Isaac <laughs> is fifty six. What? Isaac's not that bad. Yo, Isaac was supposed to come to Challenge Mania out here in San Francisco, and he that texted Scott. And was like, yo, Scott, is it cool if I bring my baby goat to the show? <laughs> Scott was like, yo, are you kidding me, dude? A fucking of course not. This is like a professional show at this a comedy a- venue. We cannot oh, bring live so so yes. into that a comedy. That was a deal breaker. So yes. No eyes. But you, know what? That also you, you, you can put the goat somewhere. That rates its <laughs> stock that he legitimately brought that up like that wouldn't be a strange request. So that actually right? keeps points in my book ironically enough i would have ranked vince higher than uh the other two people on that list dario and dario and, yeah and vince has been in a final he, he legitimately made a final final and finished i don't know if he legitimately made the final he just had johnny and sarah Karen in the middle that's he, that's part of legitimately getting there though he was, your cousin's got the best partner on the season but that's also a season two where the bottom half of that cast is so bad oh, that, that you that have, ca- you had to be really bad to get eliminated before the halfway point. Is Bloodlines the greatest audible in the history of the show when they called up Abe and his cousin and his brother to come on the show? It's safe to see. I, I would have liked to see Tony and Shane stick around for a bit. They were great TV for two episodes. But, right, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, by I the, the producers having an sh- incredibly shitty season, panicking last minute and bringing an Abe in, I think is like an all-time great audible to be like, you know what? We know what we've got here isn't great. Let's bring in the most dramatic person into the most dramatic storyline possible. It did. It I saved think, the season. Yeah. I don't know if it saved the season. I think the season is still uh, drowned a little bit there. But Think how bad it would have been if Abe hadn't shown up. I mean, well, it would have been have, more Thomas, I, Thomas Buell hand jobs in the back of the bus. <laughs> we might have been in Battle of the Sexes one territory. <laughs> I mean, the end of that season is pretty bad. There's like a six minute segment where they're just like finger painting one episode. Mm. Cool. Yikes. We have hit right, the. Let, let's, complete... let's hear uh, everyone else's number three. Uh, I think it's me. Uh, I have Landon at number three. And the reason. Higher on my list. The reason that he does not go two or one, because I really thought about putting him number two or number one, 
it boils down to in his wins he wasn't i mean he was a great contributor in his first two wins like his team is better for him being there to me his peak was fresh meat too and the fact that he drug carly through that final and was able to take obviously someone who was not a good competitor and somehow beat Kenny and Laurel is one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. The flip side to that is his politics in that season were good because his politics in duel two, you know, he won so many challenges and the way the list went, like no one wanted to go against Landon in an elimination, but when it boiled down to it, Evan, Mark and, um, uh, Brad, as soon as he left the room, they were like, we're voting for Landon, right? <laughs> I mean, that kind of showed that his political situation wasn't as good as it could have been, because if he had been Mark's number one, that would have been Evan versus Brad. And honestly, looking back on the duel, too, his loss to Brad is a little fluky. It is. No, it's it's really Johnny Mosley, Jake Carnival type thing. Yeah. Yeah, it, like, it has me... Brad it has me second guessing putting him as low as I did, but he's a great competitor, man. I I only really really hesitate to put him higher because of the fact that he only did four seasons. I, that's the one. I guess you could say that's fair, just with the sample size. I, I, I it's just hard for me. Like if I see all these people across from me and Landon is there, it's hard to not want to just take Landon by your side and just run with it. Yeah. Did I, you guys listen to the Challenge Mania interview with him? I did. That was a while ago, though, right? Yeah. It, it was. It was when he was rumored to be on whatever it was. Oh, his Final Reckoning. He was was it Final Reckoning? Like, yeah. And he was like, I had no like, idea. Yeah, that was wild how that rumor that went out so there. Weird. He just didn't have a fucking clue, and there was a fake Instagram account of him. <laughs> that goes to tell you how bad the Vevmo board is because they're the ones that started that rumor and it just took on a life of its own. It's like, I have that, to that's take That's a group. We really don't need to be against this race. Okay. Fair enough. Cause we'll get spammed to death. I, you know what? I appreciate what they do from the spoiler standpoint. I don't personally look at spoilers because I like to watch the show and be surprised and react and not be expecting things to happen. But I appreciate the aspect of I think her name's Pink Rose. I like what I appreciate how she has enough connections to get the info she does. But well, did you we... hear the big uh, rumor that they kind of screwed up on for Challenge Thirty Five coming up? Well, I heard that they had said Tori from Brad and Tori was on the show. Exactly. And apparently, yeah. it wasn't even close to true. Apparently not. Yeah, everyone got all excited. Twitter was ablaze for a couple of days for for like a week, and then. Came out that she, in fact, is not on the new season. And Brad, yeah, I, I, I went public she, with that one. I didn't. I did not feel good. It was not good for me. Yeah, Brad came out and was basically like, "Yeah, that was her." And um, Kendall just and having Kendall it. just trolling. Yeah, which I give them props for their trolling ability because they they put that bait in the water and everybody ate it. <laughs> when are we gonna have Pink Rose on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I think she likes her anonymity. Is my guess. <laughs> Why don't we, we should do we should do a, an interview with Pink Rose where we kind of like augment the voice like they do in those <laughs> interviews, like in that like, Banksy documentary. Yeah, where it's through the like, gift shop. Yeah, it's all like the the visual of the person is like completely blacked out, and it sounds like like an asexual robot is speaking. I am not sure what the spoilers on said season would be. No. <laughs> so I I can just pretend to be Pink Rose, and we can just like pronounce all the that and we'll be back. For just, season just let 36. me get licked up, and I'll be Pink Rose. That'd that'd be interesting. 
I'd probably swear a lot more than she does, though, I'm sure. Um, Evelyn I, is coming back for season 40. Oh I, I'd be all in on that. That would be <laughs> the biggest shocker of all time if she came back to the show. I would see Kenny, even though Kenny is way moved on, even if they decided to let him back, I could see Kenny before I could see Evelyn. Oh, see, see, the biggest shocker is when they bring Baloo back on. I don't know. We we had a scenario where Baloo's baby could have been on Bloodline. You know, <laughs> and you you let me know when Puck is on parole and he can come back and film. Oh, the season. And there then, we go. Then we'll that, that's exactly what I need. Rob is all in on Puck after seeing I, this. I am all in on Puck. I was all in on Puck until I saw the uh, domestic violence allegations, and I was like, you oh, know, what? Wow. if Buna Murray is cutting bait with you, you've got some problems. My yeah, my point exactly. All right, where where are we at on number three? We, I just did number three with Landon. We've pretty much hit – I've beaten that horse dead. I think it's Devin's turn. Uh, Jordan, and we've talked about him enough, so we can higher go on, on to – So we can go Jordan on to – higher. That's crazy, dude. Number two for the people, Rob? Number two for the people is Landon Lewick. That makes yeah. sense. I yeah, get it. I, I mean, I, I think people really – look back on his season with seasons with uh rose colored glasses and are like wow man he like kicked so much ass when he was there and really like dominated the seasons he was on and i think nostalgia is a powerful fucking tool and this this poll reflects that yeah because i I, hot take is also the fact that the people did not put johnny bananas in their top six because if if johnny is not in this list for the people i know who their number one is I wouldn't be surprised if he was number one. Can I ask how how many people voted in this poll? Yeah, I was going to ask that earlier. I forgot to get a check. I I believe when you you guys did the the female one, it was like over a thousand, wasn't it? Oh yeah, we had a lot. That's awesome. I I had my method of uh, procuring some some uh, resources. And you guys posted on like Twitter and the the challenge. Yes, Twitter, Reddit, um, and then his on his show. Yeah. Are you guys familiar with the are you guys familiar with the uh, challenge Facebook page, the challenge fans? Yeah, I've no, been, I'm not actually. I as much of, activated my Facebook account, so I, I didn't have access to that. Is it as I, much of a cesspool as the Survivor Facebook page? Um, I wouldn't know about that one. Uh, I actually really, really stand behind this one. I think it's really great. Okay. Because nice. the, uh, the admin are really awesome. I've had a couple of them on my podcast, one of which is my, is my homie Alex. She's really great. I've met a couple of the other admin at like Challenge Mania shows. So they really take really uh, like strong consideration into filtering through the posts that go through there. And so I, I mostly use it for like crowdsourcing questions for uh, interviews I do and stuff like that. But I'm always posting my podcast there. You So you guys should join it and, and throw your podcast in there. It's a great community. I think there's... 15,000 people in the Facebook oh, group. Wow. So so um it's a that's, good audience and yeah. people That's about the Go ahead. I was going to say that's well, about I, the size of uh Reddit too. The they're subreddit like 25 too. now, aren't they? They're pretty I wouldn't big. be surprised. The subreddit has blown up in the last year or so. I think they're here. I've got Reddit open right now. I'm going to pull that up while you I'll y'all filibuster. Well, just, uh, just to give the background. So there were 1100 people to vote in the poll. Nice. That's legit. Yeah, I've been a, a member of this Facebook group for a long time, and uh, it, it's a it's a great page. It's a good community. Like so, sometimes though, like w- when I had Jemmy on the podcast recently, I you know threw up. I was like, oh, we're having Jemmy on the pod. Leave some questions. We'll try to get to him. And it was like 
180 comments later, a hundred of them are fuck Jemmy. Why is she on? She's got old scale T. All she does is try to drum up old drama, talk about Carmaria. And then the other half is genuinely great questions trying to ask her and pick her mind and stuff like that. So I do, I do like that. It's half people who are just there for the drama and half people who are there really invested in the show. That's good. So Reddit, that's just not my vibe. Reddit has blown up even further since World of the Worlds 1. We checked World of the Worlds 1. They were at 25K. They're now at 36.1. Whoa. Damn. Okay, I'm looking at the Challenge Fans Facebook group, and it is 24.4 thousand people. So that gives a lot of insight into how War of the Worlds has exploded the audience Mm -hmm. of just social media, adding Big Brother, adding survivor amazing race coming up in season 35 like they're really doing the right thing here and then also adding the uk audience in because the challenge from what i heard and paul logan you might be able to help me out here the challenge is not aired in the uk up until war of the world one right they tried to been dead as but people didn't like it I, i did recently interview both rogan and idris and they said that War of the Worlds 1 is the first season that aired. I actually had never heard that about Vendettas. I wouldn't be surprised if they put it on like a late Yeah, they put time. it on way after um the season had started airing, and that they just had no market. Like, people they were several episodes behind the live airings in the U.S., so yeah. They, yeah, yeah, War of the Worlds 1 is was like four or five or six episodes behind us, but it did indeed air there, and I believe War of the Worlds 2 if it hasn't started airing there already, will be airing soon. And is... well, if I remember correctly, when they went to film the reunion for War of the Worlds 2, they were doing UK press tours for this War of the Worlds 2 season. Oh, that that's cool. Yeah. Yet. So, yeah, because yeah, they did film that in the UK. Yeah, they did. And so if I remember correctly, like I remember Banana saying like he was on some different talk shows. He and Kyle and Bear were on some talk show. Oh, right on. So they were doing UK press during the War of the Worlds 2 reunion which was like a month ago so it had started airing here but not there yet cool. was that when the the bear georgia monkey thing happened or was that somewhere else no i think that was a, the same show so the same show like the, that right that reunion like that time frame yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, okay so right, is that everybody's number three yeah i think so oh yeah we just did number, already two. number two we just oh, okay. did number two landon was number two for the people so right, right, right. I feel okay, like we've so, got Landon on lock. Yeah, and my number two is Mr. Beautiful himself, Kenny Santucci. Oh, God. There we go. Um, Based I, on I, your stats, I'm in on it. Yeah, I, I just I, I don't see him elevating his team at all. He, he's just I'm, a compiler to me. I'm just kind of upset I didn't have him at one. Like that's like my biggest <laughs> ridiculous take. Okay, fuck God. you. But I get it. I mean, when I was originally compiling my top six, I kind of put Kev. Kenny and Evan to the side. And I was like, I I know I have to have one of them in here. I don't think I can fit both. And looking at the stats and considering his political game, um, I, I just, I, I think, let me see. Originally, my, you want to hear my original list? It had Mark <laughs> Long two, Landon three, Bananas four, Darrell five, Jordan six. Who was so, one? Uh, well, well, we'll get there. I can already. Get I think we're all going to probably have the same number right. one. So we're not all going to have the same number one. Wow. Okay. So, but the the craziest thing though is Mark Long went from number two on my list to not making the top six. Mm. 
See, I, I never put that much into Mark Long. I thought about him a little bit. But I even think someone like Theo Vaughn is actually better than Mark Long. He just doesn't quite have the same legacy within the show. Yeah, and based on the rules of your poll, uh, he only did Fresh Meat 1 in that time frame. Yeah, yeah I Theo think Vaughn, he was Better secondary career, not better challenger. He was pretty good on the challenge. Have you watched his uh, Netflix comedy special? It's really funny. It's pretty great. Shockingly like great. It. Does he talk about the challenge at all? I'm assuming no. 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 I, I found oh, this podcast that he co-hosts. I forget the name of it, but it was like weekly for years and years. And in one specific episode, he actually discusses how he really tried to distance himself from reality TV in general, moving into the entertainment industry because – uh, as someone who who worked in film uh, for a couple of years in LA, they're they're two completely separate worlds. And to cross over from reality TV to legitimate actor, comedian, you know, a non docu series reality TV type entertainment, it is incredibly shockingly tough. And when you make the jump, you really kind of have to leave that whole world behind you. But look at the challengers that have made the jump. It's him. It's um, Cameron. Jamie Chung, The Miz, and the list sort of ends right there. Jordan was on like that one Tyler Perry show once. Yeah, yeah. but he doesn't have a sustained career though. And the, the, I, was, I was being mostly sarcastic. That oh, okay, was. sorry. <laughs> but but yeah, it it is crazy how much he tried to distance himself from Road Rules and the Challenge, and how successful he's been in the comedy world. Yeah, he's he's a real shocker that would come back on. No, he'll he'll never do it. That's what I'm saying. He'd be a real shocker to come back on. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, I can't fall to based based on your stats. I like I'm with Devin. I would. He just was he he was on the champs team and the veteran uh, on the ruins and the veterans team on Gauntlet three. That's it's like Robert Horry like in the nineties. I think I'm definitely moving him up one spot at least. So he's he's in my number three for sure. He's in my six straight finals talks. Let's be honest. I would swap. I, did, I think he was consistently put in ideal situations for him, and he like he never really had to perform that much. There have been people that have been put in better situations consistently and have failed. I think the I ideal situations need to be better situations than him. I think the Go ideal ahead. situations need to be at least fifty percent given credit to Kenny and his politics. He was just constantly tasked with all these people who'd be willing to just go along with what he said. If you put him on one of these seasons, I don't know if he has a political advantage. I'd be skeptical. Yeah, but that's the whole that's the whole thing is like he doesn't have the relationships with these people, and his well, skill so is building up these. Those? His skill is building up the relationships. If Kenny had continued on the show, I think his stats would have looked very similar. And the fact with the CrossFit stuff that he does and the stuff he puts on Instagram physically the guy could still go so if he could get the relationship thing down which if he had continued on the show he probably could have so i i think it's fair to say that his legacy would have gotten bigger had he stayed on the show and to i think maybe your point maybe bananas record suffers a little bit maybe if you put him in those same seasons you just i mean it's a what if but i think it's a fair what if I, he's like a, he actually think i actually think competitively he could be only even better than he was. But that's just, again, going with... I, I just never thought he was that dominant in competition. But don't you guys find it bizarre how 
he, you know, obviously had whatever alleged incident happened on the ruins and then MTV had to stop casting him on these shows. But you remember he used to also host like the after shows and still be like challenge well, adjacent on, for like, a lot of years. He was hosting the Jersey Shore after shows. That's what it was. Yeah. Well, the thing is with those things, people like conflate MTV with all these malls. It's just production costs. Like it's insurance money. Yeah, like, I'm actually the with Rob. Thing about Camilla, the secret thing about Camilla, she is not the reason. The Leroy incident is probably a factor in her not being cast. But that's not the reason she's in cast. It's more it's the Chance for Stars incident, unfortunately. Yeah, it's because she hit a producer with an old front. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As horrid as it is to say. Yeah, she she would fail. She fails the mental exam, and the insurance is too high. So because hey, she's it, having it a great time that. playing the ukulele on the beach in Thailand. That's oh my god! Oh god! You know what's funny? She still you pops up as like a Twitter account. Though. I need to follow it. I just see somebody gleefully skip past. Ugh. All right. So my number two, we already said it. It was bananas. Um, I will just give the. I won't give the full recap summary, but in my opinion, he has by far the three hardest final wins in a row that any competitor has ever done the fact that whether he was spotted you know the two minute catch up for rivals one the fact that he still survived that final and won is astounding because that was easily the hardest final they had to that point and wes even said that was the hardest final until war of the worlds won so that's impressive and sorry then, which one uh rivals one okay yeah i see rivals- that and and they even talked about on one of Derek's old podcasts that final, like they cut out so many other things about that final that should have been shown to show how grueling it really was. Like apparently when they had to go back to the campsite when they didn't set it up properly the first time, they had to go back and move all of that dirt back where it was and then move it back again before they could go to the campsite and, re- and fix it. Jeez. And apparently there's also a piece of it where production couldn't film because it was too dangerous for the camera people to follow them up the mountain. So the fact that he survived it and then whether he won on a technicality or not, that is impressive as hell to me. And then he goes in and whether Mark probably threw it for uh, Battle of the uh, X is one, he still won another grueling final in another crazy environment in the snow. And then he followed that up with winning free agents, which was by far his peak and his best performance all around because he didn't he didn't get ducked in any eliminations. I mean, I know that he beat Jordan and it was in a, it was in an elimination where Jordan's not having two hands probably ruined that. But at the end of the day, like he by far had the best three season stretch of any competitor and no one will convince me otherwise. I'll, I'll g- give me Landon's three seasons over hit those three seasons. Even. I disagree because, again, you're going back to that different era, even though Landon did win but three th- in a there's row. There's so many technicalities in the, those seasons. Like with the rivals one, we just pointed out the thing about the I final. Think he, he also can... had the entire house wrapped around his Kenny, like the, that, that power alliance had clearly had the whole house wrapped around their finger. I think accident X is, this his best season, but go ahead, Devin. I think with any character and their seasons, like there are different things that have to like break your way to be able to win it. You know what I mean? You have to have like a little bit of luck to be able to make it to the end and um, carry home the title. And that's just part, part of the story. That's how it goes. Well, like Landon didn't really have anything break his way on freshman too. Uh, no, he didn't. About it. Yeah, no, you're right. I give you that, but again, when you go back, my reasoning behind this is the finals, and the Inferno 2 final does not even come close to 
any of those three. Well, but gaunt- like difficulty of final, everyone in the final is subjected to the difficulty of the final. Like to me, it's it's great that he completed it, but like, do you think Landon put in that final doesn't complete it? No, like, and he everybody does. else in the final, but I, everybody I, else in the final subject to the same circumstances. So being able, being able to com- like win a difficult final versus a not as difficult final, as long as it's still testing like around like grouping of your abilities, to me, doesn't matter that much. But see, then the other piece of this that I give Bananas a lot of credit for as the face of the show, the fact is, is that he's kind of a de facto producer. And I would even say beyond producer, he is kind of the gatekeeper because of his reputation. He's going to get cast because when the new cast members beat him, it means something. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that even wait, though wait, wait, record- can I just put an addendum meant yeah. something? It meant something that is a hard he, past tense. He, he's been te- like he, since since the since Rivals three he he has not put much on tape that's been impressive. Other than Final Reckoning, I completely agree. He has I been mean, he pretty fi- dog like, shit. Final Reckoning, I don't understand. Like, he I was, don't take anything for Final Reckoning. He was one dumb mistake away from beating Theo this season. Yeah, and see, I think that's the thing is like you talk about how Devin said things have to break your way, and in those earlier seasons, because of the political situation he was in with Evan and Kenny. But even you could argue in free agents, he was not in a good political situation that season. He got thrown in, and he had to win to keep himself safe. And what, he had to what, beat what CT. What he beat people in in that season? I still, I still maintain He beat that. Isaac in the uh, balls in. Which that was, was a mismatch. I give you that. But, yeah, and then he beats Jordan in the one elimination where not having hands, you know, not great for you. Um, and it's and CT, he beat puzzles. CT in a puzzle. And CT's a good at puzzles, but, like, it's a puzzle. Like, but how, again— how much it, it's the game still broke his way and he took advantage of it. And now he's in a stage of his career where the game is just not breaking his way for what, for, you know, Jimmy calls it a curse. I don't believe in that kind of stuff, but I think that's part of it. Honestly, I think, I think by, I think that not that he has a hex on it, but that he's put himself, he's made himself such a target for everybody else. Now that they just aren't going to let him get past a certain point. Yeah. But they also like glom off of his quote unquote spotlight. For their own reputation, like they try I to build their reputation off. Well, they all target him and they all talk about him and they all try to get in fights with him because that gets you camera time. So I have Johnny Bananas at my number two. We skipped Rob's number two. Rob, I have Jordan Wisely at number two. Okay, I can't so, yeah, argue so with I you. Think pretty much yeah. everyone had Jordan in their top six except you, Trace. Right? I always have the weird hot take. Yeah, no, no, I'm okay. out. I, and then. Number one for the people, Rob? Uh, CT, CT, Chris Tamborello. Oh, my is number God. Number one for the people. Yeah, I, I'm not buying that. I'm out. Logan? You guys need to put some fucking respect on Chris's name. That's all I have to say, because I am in lockstep with the people here. The and people I have, get it. I'm with you. Um, I'm, I'm, Are we I'm sure with Logan you. didn't just vote on this poll like 1,100 times? <laughs> Trace, where did you it have possible. CT's number one. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, do you really want to, like if you really want CT on your team? That's what I think with the CTs and the Johnnies and the Kennys. Like CT actually does have some performances that are pretty jaw dropping, but with him, he just has a few weaknesses that would like prevent me from wanting him on my team that much. I still had him in my top six, but he's not my number one. Can, can I just play you guys a clip really quick? Yes. Holy <laughs> CT just walked up. See. Okay, 
you guys know what that's from. That's Tony getting hyped as fuck when CT walks up during Invasion of the Champions. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I just, I think, okay, are you guys ready for, for me to lay it on you? Please. Two wins. Seven finals, 16 seasons. I guess that did include this current current two seasons. And five and four in eliminations. But some of his elimination losses are due to bullshit technicalities. He is involved in arguably all of the most iconic moments in challenge history, both on the drama side and in the game. Him fighting Adam, one of the most memorable uh, moments in challenge history. Him and DM. Yeah, him and DM, most memorable couple in challenge history. Banana's backpack, most memorable elimination in challenge history. He has two distinct eras to his game and has an incredible comeback where he wins invasion. Amazing at puzzles, probably the biggest and strongest ever. Maybe arguably the funniest commentary. And I think. His rival, excuse me, his peak is probably rivals two or invasion. I think they're equal in how great he is. I don't think invasion's close to his peak. Okay, that's interesting. But I will close it out with this: his one-on-one strip basketball game against Teresa. <laughs> that that is, is the a most great moment. Underrated moment in challenge history. Boom goes the dynamite. I yeah. mean, I'm all in on Teresa, so I, I'm very yeah. happy with with that basketball game being mentioned. Yes. See, was, I, I, CT, like, if you were just to put him in any, any like, mission or elimination, I'd be all in on CT. He's, like, number two, number three. But when you put him in a final, I, I just don't think he's put as much on a tape for finals that I would want him that much on my team. And he also, like, again, like, he has a negative correlation between his peak and performance and his peak in terms of me wanting him on my team from a personality perspective. And see... I I actually agree with everything Logan said, but except for one thing, I would say there's not two CT eras. He's the only character on the show that has four distinct character arcs that come to mind immediately when you say his name. First character arc is Hothead CT at the beginning of the show. So Inferno's where he's just a jerk and wins and beats everything until we get to the final where, you know something happens where they have an anchor on their team that screws them. So yeah, lost both infernos, lost both infernos. Uh, and then you have the Diem era CT, which is a combination of lovable scruffy trying to the, the nice squeaky queen, clean girl trying to reform the bad boy. And then ultimately fails in that endeavor. See Inferno three and dual two where, Inferno 3, he's coked up and hits Davis, and then you get allegedly, Duel 2. Allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly, you're right. Allegedly. We don't know that for sure. That's the rumor. And I give CT a lot of leeway on some of this stuff. And then <laughs> Duel 2. Duel 2. I mean, he he tried to murder Adam, basically. And might okay, have. but there's, there's a, a conspiracy about that season in that he only wanted to even be on that show for a week because he had something to do back home. So he was intentionally trying to get into a fight to get sent home early. Did he go overboard? Probably. I think the thing yeah, probably. Really bad is that was around the time his brother was murdered and he probably exactly, mentally yeah. was not in a good place, which is why I give him the mulligan on that one. Still a terrible look, but mtv still plays it and on the ct yeah, that's the thing that so. bothered me so much about mtv this is a separate thing 
But it's like, oh, we don't condone fighting. That That's not kosher. And that, that clip is replayed as much as any clip from the show's history. Yeah. And then you have Comeback CT after Duel 2 with Rivals and Exes, where he starts to be, like, be the reformed CT that DM was trying to make him, quote-unquote, right. on the show at that point. And then you have, unfortunately, DM passing, and you have comeback CT, dad bod CT, which he wins Invasion, he makes it to the final on Dirty 30. You know, he's got some ups and downs in his performance, but he's still, you know, I would argue that, in my opinion, I think he's probably going to win, wind up winning another final this season. I really think that Team UK is going to take it, and he's going to get yeah, another Yeah, let, let me so. just say that that the, the CT fourth chapter resurgence isn't quite done yet Uh uh-uh and i think he's still got a couple more seasons in him because as long as mtv keeps paying him i think he's going to show up so you know it's hard to argue for me that ct is not the number one competitor but in terms of like being the face of the show that's that's kind of in bananas court you know like ct is not the person that if you're a fan of the show, he is. But for a mainstream audience, some of the stuff doesn't quite fly for him. So I don't think he's ever been interested in that, though. And that might be the thing. Maybe he's just not. He's just interested in showing up, going on TV and get paid, which I don't blame him for that either. So how many other challengers have a wedding special? Let me just dr- leave it at that. And that's why he's number one. In my and Maybe James Chung got one. I didn't hear about, but, uh, <laughs> so I I'll believe Tori and Jordan are getting one too. Are they really going to get one? Oh, they yeah. So, uh, a little bit of tea that I'm eh, maybe not supposed to say, but, um, the wedding special that was supposed to be Tony's, there's somebody in production that really doesn't like Tony, and that has been now transferred to Tori and Jordan. Yeah, Tony even commented about that person in production not liking him, so I don't, yeah. I don't even think that's, that, that's not not super public. But to, Tony's yeah. made it known that production is not a huge fan of Mr. Reigns, unfortunately. Yep. So yeah, so there's my reasoning for CT. I'll, I'll drop my mic, and I'm since CT is not. Rob or Devin's number one. I I can't even begin to rack my brain as to who would be their number one. So I'm ready for this. I think Devin and I are on the same page with this one, right? Take it home, Rob. Probably. Landon, Landon Lewick is number one. And that's, I don't even really think crazy, it's much of a conversation. Dude. That's a little crazy, if you're asking me. Landon, Landon has never like shown for me like for me when I'm building a team like winning the missions that's fun winning eliminations that's fun. Winning the finals is what I'm here for. There's <laughs> no person I'd rather have running a final with me than Landon. I still stick with the small sample size, and it's hard to see how he would translate to other eras of the challenge, but the the titles talk. That's for damn sure. Like... Yeah, I know. I I'm usually with you about sample size when it comes to those things. Just with him, there's still been enough for me, and we've seen him put in a few different enough situations where if you give me like dual two landed, I have no doubts that put him basically with anybody, and they're contender and probably the favorite to win. I mean, quite frankly, I would have loved to have seen Landon. If if I had to pick one other season where I want to see what Landon's got, free agents would have been it. Like the thing, like think about it. You guys all had Kenny in your top three. You gave Kenny Laurel, who is not in Tracy's list, obviously, but in, as a pretty <laughs> consensus top three female of all time. And you gave Landon Carly, who was 
one of the weaker girls, maybe even in the show's history. And he beats Kenny and Laurel. And it's, I wouldn't say it's not close, but he beats them and he beats them like by by without a doubt leaving in your mind. No, you heard me say it earlier. She is the worst winner in the history of the show. So one of those Gauntlet Three veteran, uh, Gauntlet Three rookie winners probably are like who? Who is that one chick? Like Rachel Moyle, whoever it was from Rural oh, yeah. Austin. Rachel. I mean, the whole Gauntlet Three rookies team. I mean, the fact that Nehemiah is a challenge champion. The fact Nehemiah that is not that bad. He's not as bad. Wait, but like you're in, right. In, uh, oh my God, Rachel from Real World Austin won a challenge. She that won is a challenge. Crazy. If so he would have asked me, from Vegas. Yeah, which that one yeah, actually Frank didn't shock me that bad. He was actually yeah, really good. Frank was okay. Jillian, that one was a little surprising. Johanna, that's really shocking. Yeah, Johanna's secret real bad. If you would have told me before I had watched the show, if I was just going off of performance, but I didn't know who won any final, and you told me that Rachel and Johanna would win a final and Danny wouldn't, I would have said you were crazy. Wait, can I ask you guys a question really quick? Who the fuck is Alex Smith from Real World Denver? Oh, he was on that season. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm looking at, and I have no clue who this guy is. Yeah, he... He didn't last long. No, <laughs> He's the like first he one out. He's yeah. the first one gone. First one gone. It's also like people forget there was a guy named uh, Zach on Zach Gauntlet. Zach from Real World Key West. I only remember him because I definitely head. I definitely watched uh, Key West. There's a lot a of jobs on season. That was yeah, a bizarre really. season because of the uh, uh, hurricanes and stuff. Yeah. And th- I mean, you know, since we're kind of winding down there, the other ones that like I think there's another show about like the forgotten challengers because people forget that like real world. Uh, what's the guy from real world Hollywood that like quit the island? Uh, I can't. Uh, Dan. Dan or yeah. something. Oh, which Dan? Sorry. It's Dan. It's Dan. Blonde hair. Okay. Yeah. OK. I mean, it's just. Other than him, I can't remember a single person from Real World Hollywood that. I don't know. Well, what about the guy with the spiked hair that did a bunch of coke on the season that ended up uh, passing away a couple years after? Ooh. Well, oh, he did, was never on the, the challenge. challenge. Real World, yeah. right, Real right, World right, 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 right. Weird season. There's never anyone like Nick Brown is like the most frequent challenger from Real World Hollywood. Okay, yeah, and he was just that girl on Dual Brianna, Hero. right? Nick Brown oh, and Brianna I both. Can't... Gosh, wow. Both on the ruins. Oh, it was Dave from Real World Hollywood. Dave from Real World Hollywood. So, okay, there were more people from Real World Hollywood that made it to the challenge than I thought. I forgot about yeah. that. Leaving might... the island, though, counts as a plus in my book. <laughs> Wait, who's the guy I'm thinking of that that died? Do you know who I'm talking about? No, I know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about, but his name escapes me because I didn't watch that season. So, like, the, the faces from that season are very hazy to me. Was that Greg or was that somebody else? Let's see. I'm pulling it up now. Google foo it. Oh, Joey. Joey. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, not, not, not Greg. Well, Greg was the one who called everybody else peasants. Okay. <laughs> well, honestly, <laughs> I, I think the more interesting discussion at the top than at the top here is actually the honorable mentions. Well, like Turbo doesn't qualify based on the criteria I laid out, but I think he makes it top six if I um. I, if, definitely, uh, I definitely have Turbo in my honorable mentions. Yeah. Uh, Alton actually didn't show up on any of our lists, which I thought was crazy. But I, I had him and CT were at a deadlock for number six for me. Hot take. Yeah. I believe Alton is highly, 
highly revered when he shouldn't be. I think he had an amazing <laughs> performance on Gauntlet 2, but, I mean, he lost Inferno 3. He quit on Battle of the Seasons, but we remember that dominant Gauntlet 2 performance. But Gauntlet 1, I mean, it was okay, but he didn't win. So, to me, no. I think Alton people, is hot garbage. I think he's overrated. Oh, that's that's a bad take. I, I, he's pretty amazing <laughs> on Gauntlet 2. And like we're only looking at peak season here again, so we're just only having to take care of Gauntlet 2. Also. We don't have to worry about the other ones. Okay, are you ready for some, some wild cards, some honorable mentions I've got here? Go. Uh, let's hear them. So, of the ones we've already mentioned, Evan, Mark Long, Darrell, Derek K, Turbo. All right, you, here's the interesting ones. I put Zach Nichols, honorable mention. Zach's pretty good, man. I actually he, have him in my honorable mentions as well. He's like pretty solid. He, he, even in these really modern seasons, like Vendettas and, uh, yeah, both War of the Worlds. I guess War of the Worlds won. He was kind of a bitch and, and had a wedding to go to, and that's why he dipped out. and yeah. it became a whole storyline on the reunion. But this season, he has been great. Of course, mm-hmm. we're not counting that. What about MJ? How do we feel about MJ? MJ's fine. I don't live near my top six. He's not anywhere in the honorable mention category. MJ is very much what, if we were equating this to WWE, he's the guy that's in like the mid card fighting to get out of there, but they just don't have a good enough run to really put them in anything. So, like, who would you compare him to now? Shinsuke Nakamura? No, he's he's worse than Shinsuke. I, I would say he's a solid like cruiserweight champion. Like he's on oh, the show. He's like a. Who's who's the guy from 205 Live that was champ for a long time? Uh, Enzo Amore. No. <laughs> oh, get the <laughs> fuck out of here! With Enzo. No, uh, uh, Gulak I think was like the one that was entertaining, but I it's been a minute since I've paid attention to 205 Live. But I had a kid, or my wife had a kid a few weeks ago, so like I'm really rusty on that right now. Man, so. man the, the, these ones are uh, some references that are flying way under the nose for me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would say if you go back to 80s WWF, he's Hercules Hernandez. <laughs> way down there in the bottom of the middle. All right. I it's like think a, it's like a Brian Kendrick, if you will. Yeah, very much so. Got a spot on the roster. Not anybody that's going to make or break your roster. Okay. The guy I was thinking of was Cedric Alexander. Okay. Yeah, he's good. So uh, Johnny Bananas, as you can see now, is not in the people's top six or my top six. And I wouldn't have, I don't, I don't, it's hard to figure out where I would have put him. I wouldn't have had him in my top eight. And at number eight, I actually probably would have had Frank. I think Frank is someone who doesn't get talked about nearly enough. Dude, I interviewed Frank back when I first started the podcast, like a year, year and a half ago, maybe more than two years ago now. He is honestly the coolest guy that never had a long challenge career. I, I really, really wish him the best in his future endeavors because he went on to do real world stuff. He is maybe the, the greatest unrealized talent in challenge history. I mean, yeah. he, he never lost elimination the three seasons he was on. He was like horribly sick on a free agents to win his two eliminations. Yeah. He had some sort of crazy virus that they had to send him home. Yeah. Like I, I, I think Frank is someone who, if he comes back now, I'm sure he'd still be able to compete at a super high level. He, Wait, I what, mean, he did have a very was, oh, okay. I got you. I remember Frank. Gotcha. 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 Frank Sweeney. Frank Sweeney. I got so Vegas confused too. there. I was thinking not, not, not Frank Ross. Or yeah, Frank Sweeney. Yeah, um, I was thinking Frank from Vegas. I was like, that doesn't sound right. You're talking Frank from San Francisco. I got gotcha. you. San Diego. San Diego. Too. San Diego. Gotcha. Um, and he had 
I mean, let's be honest, a fairly disappointing uh, mercenaries appearance on Vendetta's, but that's yeah, kind of like, like that's also like that. Illumination is just completely weight based, and right, I and especially in like, comparison to to the Derek one, which everyone holds yeah. in such high esteem, that it's like that one gets like, missed by eighty percent of those mercenary eliminations. They weren't trying. Totally. Yeah. Exactly. That. That's it's what like he Derek said. And, uh, in Derek another interview. Jordan and Laurel tried. That's about it. Yeah. They, he had no incentive to actually try and win. What's the point? He's already taken the trip out there. Yeah, I, I thought and they've they paid him ten like grand. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, thought they, I thought maybe they gave him like a cash incentive to win, but apparently that wasn't the case. So. Nope. They get a flat ten grand fee from what the rumor was. They get ten grand to show up, and then they get the free trip out there. All right. You so, ready for for one final hot take on a uh, wild card on on an honorable mention? Let's do it. it. Abram fucking Boise. I don't think yeah. that's super hot. Yeah, Abram was number eight for the people. I think with Abram, I think his peak is actually a little bit like more congested than people remember. Like people remember as this great competitor for all these seasons. I think on Inferno three, he's like a super top tier elite competitor, and that's kind of it. His peak was Road Rules, which he got kicked off of. true people forget that like he got kicked off for his repeated fighting on road rules it wasn't just like one incident it was multiple that finally was like okay we're done the fact that he was even brought on the challenge after all the issues he had on road rules was what surprised me because abe was crazy on the challenge but on road rules he was borderline psychotic at times right it's not even sorry go ahead just like he's like the hardest person for me to cite, put like psychologically. Like I think most people on the challenge, you can sort of there's like a scale in terms of completely genuine versus playing into a character, like the Hunter to West scale, let's call it. It's for me, Abram was like the hardest person to put somewhere on that scale. I mean, he's admitted that he has like to some extent some sort of chemical imbalance. So it's like not just. <laughs> That's not. No, 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 I, I'm not. I'm not trying to like be be a douche about it. He he's like said he has some sort no, of disorder I, 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 where yeah, he like I completely buy it. I, yeah, his his mood sense. swings are like greater than what the average swing is. You know that 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 you and I have from depressed feelings to happy feelings. He swings ten times farther in both directions. So and I I believe that fully because I do and this isn't an alleged, this is on an arrest report. Like he was in a jail cell and he basically pooped and smeared it all over the wall. So right, yeah, I've read that too. And didn't he I, give himself his own face tattoos? Yes. I have heard that as some well. on his arms. <laughs> so Man. and I, I will give, say I met him at Challenge Mania Live in San Francisco and he was the sweetest, absolute yes. nicest guy I've ever met. I took a couple Drinks with him when we went to the bar afterwards and chatted with him for for 15, 20 minutes. Couldn't have been more of a sweetheart. Absolutely loved chatting with him. And I he actually honestly spilled the most tea of anyone at the show. And uh, I'm kind of not supposed to say. I've got a little Let's bit of agreement with, uh, with uh, Scott about uh, you know what we're supposed to say about what happens at the shows or not. But I will say he dropped a nugget or two about the real reason or not the real reason, but part of why he left the Island in that, you know, maybe certain plantain named related challengers actually gave him uh, a monetary incentive to leave. And that's just all I'm going to say on that matter, man. 
I would also not be terribly surprised by that revelation just because of that's kind of like the dirty secret of the challenge. It wasn't super dirty secret because if if you remember when we rewatched Battle of the Seasons one, like they openly were making deals on camera <laughs> they, and they were yeah, showing they had it. Sean Duffy, right, like yeah. legit attorney, like writing out a contract. Wait, wait, they, wait, did you did you really just invoke the name of the worst Republican senator in in a, in America right now in Sean fucking Duffy. Oh, I forgot about this. Yeah. In Bolton. Yeah. No, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll move on. Past well, that. politics <laughs> aside. <laughs> Let's uh, just leave Fox News contributor whoa, Sean Duffy whoa. by the wayside here. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll leave, leave those there. <laughs> Let's keep the politics on the challenge. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> leave the um, politics to Kenny. But yeah, no. And then like sexist uh, battle, the sexist too. like, you know, Theo straight up said on the reunion that all four of the last four, you know, split the cash. And then Mark, you know, said in the recent challenge mania, like, yeah, no, I sent Brad a nice little gift after the season was over. So, you know, they, I, there is no doubt in my mind that so many of these people make deals and split money behind the scenes or leave early for whatever reasons. And you know At what? I'm editors leave it on the cutting room floor for sure. Yeah. Like don't, I don't need to know that as a viewer. Like I really like, don't. That's why the Zach thing was on the reunion was so weird to me that they were so public about him talking about him leaving. That they made it a whole talking point at the yeah, reunion. they made it like a whole well, thing they made at the it reunion. a talking point because Zach told bananas if they went in he'd throw it for bananas. Yeah, but That's like why, Zach, as a show, and, and why would you want that out there? Like, why do you want your show's integrity to be jeopardized? Like saying that you're that you have contestants that are willingly throwing eliminations to people, and you call them every season. Yeah, then you bring it right back. <laughs> yeah, that I agree with you. Where where it's like at least if. That's a thing. Let it be a conspiracy and let the yeah. T accounts on Twitter have that info. Well, and how much of a spit in the face is that to the veterans who want to get back on the show? Like, I'm someone who realizes that with this position MTV is in, where like they need to expand their audience, and that's primarily what they're doing with these cast members. But when you have people who are begging to be back on the show, and then you have these other people who are just like, oh, I'll just take the appearance check and gleefully walk out at some point. Zach had a friend's wedding to go to during War of the Worlds 1. Cool, bro. Say no to the call. It's not like I can't. This. I can't say that. I mean, I, if I'm in Zach's shoes, if they say, "Hey, you get your appearance fee of 50k," right. I'm gonna show up I and take like the check. Zach, I blame the producers. Yeah, yeah, like it's not like Zach is some dynamite cast member either. Honestly, as much as I'm a Zach hater and think he's one of the biggest misogynistic pieces of shit on, in recent memory on the challenge, he has been. Pretty great on War of the Worlds, too. I think that might be a lot of selective editing. But you could say the same thing about so many cast members. I mean, there are so sure, many but people that get favorable season, edits. They're that clearly attempting to push a narrative here. Like, like the thing is, with Zach, his entire character is based on, oh, the U.S. team. Like, we're, we're in such trouble. We keep on taking out our good players. Oh, Cara and Polly are the worst. And that's the entire narrative they've been pushing for like, this la- the last two-thirds of the season. Why do you True. think that they chose to do that? Well, it's because the, that's the content they were given, and it's an easy storyline for them to make it. It's also the one they have liked in the past. Like, build up, like the team that's the quote-unquote favorite, they always have, like, building them up as the favorite and then having the underdog, like, come back from behind later. I, I, I again, don't know spoilers. Maybe the U.S. team ends up winning this. But with the narrative they're shaping, that's what it's like. Well, so, so all three of you don't know any spoilers. I'm curious what your guys' prediction is for how this season will finish off, as we only have... 
a couple of episodes left. Before thought, Jordan, oh sorry, Devin, yeah, I've talked like oh Devin. I was gonna say I, I really hope UK wins. Uh, at this point, hopefully, that's pretty much all that I want from the rest of the season is for Tori and Jordan to win and Cara Marie and Polly to lose. Um, okay, so so can we just do a quick hypothetical? I am not confirming or denying absolutely anything, but I want to say if UK wins. Does that jump CT or Jordan up in any of your lists? No, I, I don't think it has much bearing on their actual abilities as comparators. Okay. I would actually say that if we were taking this season into account on our list, Jordan probably would have made my top six because his performance this season is so stinking impressive it's from been yeah. eliminations. Pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah. The fact that he was even though he realized, you know, you can say he's a bad politician, but he had enough of a strategy to go, you know what? I'm not going to get anywhere on this U.S. team because the, Polly's just going to keep throwing me in because we hate each other. Got it. And the well, fact he that Polly be- on the UK team. Yeah, but that was going to happen because of the Polly Alliance more than okay. anything. So he was smart enough to know that he had a better chance to run a final with CT and those guys because, quite frankly, I think he well, hates. Again, Pauly. we don't know that. We don't know I, that. I I really. I think that this like performance if, this if season. If they don't luck out with the purge and get Kaylee ditched, I, I think that team is. Ooh, I do not think that is a lucked out situation. I think that is a. There is always a purge late in the yeah, season. It, and no, I, I agree with you. She's already gone though, isn't she? We just watched the last episode. Well, I, I, that's what I'm saying. But like, like they, like based on the political situations they were both in, I agree with you. That was something I had been talking about for a while. That there's always a purge, and she was probably gone. But um, yeah, just in that, like, there were still. If you, I still think the U.S. team would be better if they had Jordan on it. Definitely. But I, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I just think. But that it doesn't change it, your all-time rankings. I think the, it the, would no, if you yes. include this season. If you include this season, I think Jordan leaps into my top six because the other thing that I forgot to take into account, and I'm actually kicking myself for it, is Jordan took a long, not a long layoff, but he took a several-season layoff comes into Dirty 30 and just wins the whole thing. Like, granted, there was some fluky stuff with the way eliminations happened and those purges and I, the I redemption house. Dirty but, 30 is a pretty, like... I actually really like the format of Dirty 30, which I know is a not a popular opinion. If you I eliminate think, the redemption house piece of it, I'm on board. But the redemption house is still conducive to who's the best competitor. It's not like it's set up in X's 2 where only a, say, only a portion of the cast gets to use it, or in the final reckoning where you're just like pulling an X. I'm just bitter that in a one-hour show that I really enjoy, so much time was devoted to Corey and Anissa in a wagon riding through the streets. Hey, don't you dare disparage the good name... Of Marie, who was the third wheel in that wagon. <laughs> that was like that was like forty-five seconds. Challenge great, Marie wrote. Uh, the I part actually, where she's she, dancing alone in the house with the with like the the basketball or whatever it was was better. I'm not going to say Marie is like a great competitor, but I love the fact that she's on the challenge. She and is I such miss, good TV. She I is good so TV. Much. And she knows how to get in the middle of drama, but she also knows how to just make ridiculous observations in her confessionals. And I miss her desperately. Yeah, I'm waiting to to meet her at a Challenge Mania Live and just throw back some shots and see where the night takes us. Oh, Staten Island's finest. <laughs> uh, security is uh, beating down the doors here. So yep, I, and I, it's, we got it's like my... 10 minutes for me to wrap. Yep. So in summation, where do you guys feel like the list stand? Were there anything that stood out as a surprise on anyone's list? I was a little surprised how high you guys had landed, to be honest. I, I thought, you know, having him six was going to be a hot take. 
for having him that low, but I didn't realize people would have him at number one. So, so I think that's a, a cool dichotomy that we had between our lists. I'm shocked that, well, I, I'm shocked, but not really, that Bananas wasn't in the people's top six because people really hate him a lot online and that anti-banana people tend to get irrational with his record sometimes. And so I, I expected him to, I think, be top five, like maybe five or six. But the fact that he was not kind of shocked me. I wonder if we had some. Yeah. I wonder if we had some ballot stuffing by the non-bananas people. <laughs> oh. I don't know about that. But like, who responds? Like, is who there's responds. just as many like anti-bananas people on Twitter as there are pro, though. How many? Uh, well, I want to look at the responses that we got and see how many of like the exact same identical responses we received. <laughs> That's a good question. It's not as bad as you think. One person just submitted one ballot and had CT as a ten, and then no other like person ranked. I will admit, though, that I did fill out the quiz twice, and I'm not sure if I filled it out the exact same. <laughs> you first asked me to do the interview. You sent me the the poll, so I did it then. And then earlier today, when I was doing all my research, I just went ahead and redid the poll again. Nice. And then that's fine. I'm sure we've yeah. had people who've done it like 13 times. <laughs> Some of these scores are pretty out there. For me, Somebody yeah, gave honestly, CT a 3 for, out of 10. For me, that's wow. the surprising part, is that Bananas wasn't in the top six. Where was he again in the people? He was number seven. But he was number seven by a significant margin. Like he was not close to Derek. I think I think Derek over bananas in the people's top ten is kind of insane. I I think I'd rather have Derek than bananas. I think it's a toss up. I mean, it really. I mean, you could. I don't think either one of them is going to lose you a final, and I think both of them can help you win a final. Where you get hazy is the political piece of the equation, and so yeah, you I'd just have to I, decide. I just rather have Derek on my team than Johnny. I think Johnny's just like a wild card and you could, could but, some stuff up for me. See, I agree with that if you have someone who is willing to take the lead in the political side of the game because Derek will never do that. At least Johnny, you know, sometimes his politics have screwed him. Sometimes his politics have gotten him far. At least he's willing to play that leadership role, you know, during his peak five or six seasons. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I think that's it for me, guys. I got to go strap the house down. Yeah, I, I don't need to be forced to be removed from the library. So so uh, I won't speak for everyone. Uh, you guys can say your own piece. But, Logan, thanks. This has been so much fun to have you on the show. You gave, you gave us some great stuff here, and hopefully we can uh, chat again at some point down the road. This was super awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. I look forward to receiving an illegal link from some <laughs> some other seasons so we, i can come back and watch some old seasons and chat about them with you guys um you guys can follow me on twitter at hedrick files podcast I'm, I'm live tweeting every war of the worlds 2 episode and um i guess i'll just say it here right now i'm having jasmine on uh the night oh, of the final go. episode of the final so we can chat with her she's been kind of she's pretty active on twitter so i'm excited to chat with her and um i guess that's all she wrote i, I had a blast doing research and watching old seasons and Honestly, though, more fun than ranking my top six was ranking the top six uh, theme songs. So so thank you so much for inspiring me for this. Thank you for hitting me up. This was an awesome time. And, um, yeah, I look forward to chatting with you guys again. Logan, right. Can I make an injunction real quick here? Can you please ask Jasmine about her after show appearance with her and Naya and Johnny Mosley? Yes, yes. Send me the link so I can rewatch it and, oh, uh, and ask her about it. 
Yeah, like, in addition to the Rivals 2 reunion, that might be the number two in terms of Johnny Mosley moments on the challenge. <laughs> like, It's a short list, that's for sure. No, that oh, list no. is long. I don't know what you're that talking about. <laughs> the, the, oh, my God, that is, that is just... That's a like, show into itself. That would need to be a top 60. At, the, the two of them are screaming at each other, and Johnny Mosley's just trying to be like, ladies, ladies, let's settle down here. <laughs> Oh, it's oh, so he, great. he can control a room, that's for sure. <laughs> that man can hold a room. Yeah, you have to. Get that. <laughs> yeah. All right, Devin, take us home. All right, with that, everyone, thanks for listening. Um, well, Trace, do you plan to release this one before or after the first uh, before episode? Before Fresh Meat, yeah, yeah. I've got Fresh Meat edited, but this one's going up first. All right, so we'll release this episode. Soon after you hear this episode, you'll be able to hear uh, the episode that we do on the first four episodes of Fresh Meat. And... We're recording this around Thanksgiving. Thrace, do we plan to give this to the people for a Thanksgiving treat? We do. I, uh, I'm off work tomorrow, so this will get edited and put up tomorrow. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. And with that, talk to you soon. Bye.